Hey guys, welcome inside the Crazy Ant Farm. Holy moly, we got the one and only Adrian Ray coming on the show today. We're so super excited. Yes, the queen herself from Vagrant Queen. Yes. It's going to be awesome. I know. Talk about an up-and-comer breaking into this industry, man. I think she's got a step ahead of everyone else, to yeah, be honest man. with you. Yeah, and the Fan Friday stuff that she does and yeah. the show the appreciation for the fandom that she's got for the show and everything, she is definitely on, on the move and yeah. knows how to do it, for sure. Yeah, I mean, she is just a phenomenal person. Probably one of the nicest people we've ever met in definitely. Hollywood. <laughs> definitely, and maybe at the end of this show, I'm going to stand up and jump off this chair. You never know. <laughs> you never know. Don't know what we're talking about. Just wait till the interview. That's right, that's right. Oh my goodness, but that's later on the show. Now, let's get a little crazy. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Crazy Ant Farm. Holy moly, episode 112. 112, oh my gosh. Shit. Yeah. Wild, man. We are rolling. I we know. are just rolling. We are blowing through this third year already. I know. Like, it, it's crazy to me how, how many we are like putting together. It's, yeah. it's just amazing. It's absolutely wild, and I mean, it's just insane probably it seems so much quicker than what it normally is just because of quarantine we literally <laughs> live eat breathe like sleep crazy and i mean we do that normally anyway but and then we gotta like mix all of everything together it's wild it's it is wild. absolutely crazy right now but quarantine drives you a little crazy so it's great that you're here inside the crazy <laughs> Amp. thank you peter brady like right? a little crack in the voice right there yeah, that was you like... know, you know. <laughs> but yes oh my goodness it's gonna be a phenomenal show you guys and you know your host with the most myself j-lo fantastic and the one and only mouth what's up oh my goodness like we said we got a lot of industry news a lot of crazy industry news going on this week we got a lot of disney to yeah, be honest with you a yeah. lot of shit going down with disney the upfronts uh obviously going yeah. on uh you know this is may and then of course you got the uh, quarterly reports because yeah. first quarter's up so we got all that coming out and exactly. disney just yeah woo, exactly had a lot going on and man. i mean do you guys want to see tom cruise in space <laughs> I mean, not 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 fake space, not, not fake a sound space. stage, like real space, real fucking space. I don't know. Man. I mean, that that's going to be an interesting. I one, know, but fun right? fact, fun fact, he is the perfect height for being an it's astronaut. True. It's true because you can't be too small or too tall because like <laughs> you have to fit so it's many true. things in it's a freaking true. spacecraft. He, he's like a, perfect for a little space capsule. Uh, it's, it's, great. it's like it's great. You know, yeah, it's great. he's short by any for anybody who doesn't yeah, know. Yeah. He's, he, he a little guy. He's going to sue us now. He sues everybody. Yeah, he's going to, exactly. I'm not short. Like, okay, okay. <laughs> Those aren't platform shoes. No, no. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> but you know, before we get this thing started, we got to plug our merchandise website, crazyantmedia.com, where yes. you can start rocking the latest and greatest Crazy Ant Media gear. Oh, my goodness. I know in the one that's in hot demand right now yes. is my man's sketch of Bonk with yes. the director's chair. Yeah. I, thank you, by the way. I yes. mean, uh, the response to that was like just crazy I, i'm kind of blown away by it. it was just like a quick little sketch i'm like fuck it yeah. let me let me draw a bonk exactly but you guys love it so we are we're, we're gonna get it up on the website yep. so you can Coming order soon. it and everything Coming soon. um should so. be on by this weekend so i yeah. mean just stay tuned we'll yeah. be posting it we'll keep you all updated just calm the fuck down <laughs> <laughs> but thank you yes, seriously, seriously. Though, I, i'm glad you guys liked it uh you know it was fun to draw. Yeah, so good, so good. And then, oh my goodness, I'm so excited because we got the official Crazy Ant Media logo shirt coming. Yes. I'm so super excited about it. And then, um, I, I'm just gonna I'm gonna put myself on a t-shirt. If you want to buy a shirt with me on it, 
we're gonna have that for you. So be yeah. prepared. Yeah, you know, we we do, and and we we have an old school, new school shirt too. There's yeah. one with there's one with me and my little uh, eight millimeter camera. One with J Lo with his current camera, and it, we're kind of like on. So we'll get that one up there too, and you yeah. guys can like if you know, it's fun. That's, exactly. that's what we're all about. Old school, new school, right? Like so, so much good shit. So much good shit. But let's get started with mm. Disney. Disney. Yes, Disney. Now, I'm really – look, we've talked about this. Executive chairman. This is not to knock the new Bob. No. Okay? But the old Bob kicks ass. Just saying. And we're going through COVID, okay? So – and now Disney hasn't officially announced that yet. They've kind of like, hey, he's back. He's kind of like, you know, doing the – Remember, he he stepped away. He was going to be executive chairman. Yeah. He was going to focus on creative stuff. Right. Right? And and Bob Chappick was going to take over the daily operations and running it as the new CEO. Then COVID hit. And yeah. COVID has been really rough for Disney. Yeah. So they needed somebody that could, like, guide that ship. And, and old Bob, Bob Iger, yeah. stepped back in. Like I said, no official announcement, but it's pretty clear he's running stuff again. Yeah. Um. They had their conference call, their their shareholder conference call, end of the first quarter. Yep. You know, results, numbers, all that kind of good stuff. Numbers. Yeah. They're looking some, a little rough. Yeah, some looking bad rough, news. Especially and, with the theme parks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bad news and good news, but but bad news for the theme parks for sure. Um, but I want to get this. I want to read this because he he made a statement, and I want to make sure I read this thing right because he is just like – the man. This is his quote to the shareholders, his direct quote to the shareholders. The Walt Disney Company has proven to be exceptionally resilient over nearly a century in business, and I believe this time will be no different. Obviously, much has changed in the world since our last earnings call. As someone who's been around a while and led this company through some tough times over the past 15 years, I have absolute confidence in the company's. Oh, I just lost my spot. Where'd I go? The ability to rebound. Uh, That's right. People find comfort in our messages of hope and optimism. Uh, they miss doing the things that bring them joy, including going to a movie theater and visiting the theme parks. That's I right. Mean, of course. And he says that Disney can be a part of the broader recovery of the economy. People want good news. They want to experience joy and a feeling of togetherness. That's Disney. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. He summed it all up in, in like literally one paragraph. Yeah, for sure. That's Disney. Yeah. Disney's the feel-good company. Yeah. I mean, so with that kind of a response, with that kind of a guy coming back and, like, taking it, like, like we're going to get through this, how can you not believe that they're going to get through this? Exactly. So, I yeah. know. It's crazy. Um, it just sitting here thinking about it, I'm comparing it to The Godfather. Freaking Bob Iger is basically Marlon Brando's character, and Bob Chappick is trying to be young Al Pacino <laughs> there, trying to work his way up. That's a, that's an interesting comparison. I know. Yeah, no, that's, that's know. true. They're both good, but one's always the best yeah no yeah you're absolutely right and like you said because of covid i mean the parks they've been shut down for a while now guys and so that hurt um parks experiences and products segment of their revenue a billion dollars in losses there (sighs) with a b billion dollars um primarily due to the the closures of the parks yeah i mean obviously um Walt Disney World and, and just Disneyland, not counting all the other ones everywhere, but yeah. just those two. I mean, it's massive. Um, the the quarter two 2020 earnings report overall 
it's somewhere between $1.4 billion in losses. So, mm. yeah, total revenue, they made $18 billion, but like we said, $1.4 billion in losses. Yeah. Um, they did beat Wall Street estimates, though. Yeah. yeah. I mean, not as much as they were expected to. I mean, obviously, I mean, come on, COVID hit. They, they were riding a high last year. Exactly. Everybody expected to. I'm nervous because, I mean, I haven't checked it today, but it. They could drop below a hundred dollars at the share exactly. price. Exactly. Wall like, Street doesn't have much faith in Disney right no, now. No, I mean, like you said, I, what if it gets down to below a hundred dollars? Like, what the fuck is yeah. going to happen? People are saying sell, sell, sell. Right yeah, now. yeah. At eighty five, like the like sell at eighty five. Like, oh, man, I, know. I mean, it was riding high at one hundred and forty something just before COVID. Now, if you're going to have to sell off at eighty five, yikes! I know. But I think that's why Bob Iger came back, made that statement. He's like, "Look, guys, everything is okay. We're good going to get through this um and it did offer some good news to the investors about some theme parks at least one yeah shanghai disneyland in shanghai is going to reopen may 11th that's cool so there you go i mean Just slowly yeah you know. i think i think the right way to do it at least for the time being is half capacity i mean it is what it is it's really gonna suck for the people who try to go there for the first week or at least the first phase but i mean we got to do what we got to do in some crazy ass times we have to you know yeah. we talked about it on the show a couple weeks ago like like yeah they're, they're gonna do it in phases like half capacity then maybe 75 percent or whatever yeah. but you still have to do the distancing exactly the hand washing all the kind of it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy yeah and i mean things are trying to move forward on the production side of things see uh, ceo bob Ch- Epic, you know, uh, Don Calione there, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> little Don, uh, has announced that there are currently no timetable yet when the production on big budget films like Marvel and Star Wars are going to go back to like production, which yeah. really sucks. Um, and is hinting that the company may rethink its theatrical release mindset and send more first run titles to Disney Plus, saying, quote, we very much believe in the value of the theatrical experience overall to launch, I mean, the blockbuster theatrical movies. But as you know, we had seven, count them, seven billion dollar films yeah. last year's calendar in 2019. But we realized that either because of changing and evolving consumer dynamics of or because of certain situations like COVID, uh, they may take things in a different strategy, like releasing them on the Disney uh, Plus streaming platform. But they also said that they're not fans of the video on demand. No, like they're they're not down with putting it on Amazon and then trying to get people to pay twenty, 20 bucks, bucks for it. They're yeah. like, no, if you're if you have our streaming service, you're going to be able to watch our films, which is amazing thinking about the time that we're in with the streaming services right like this is going to put them ahead of the game i think i think that's a smart move as you guys know universal and and the theater chains are going back and forth in this war of words because universal is like no we just put it on video on demand we make more money that way and that i think that's hurting them a little bit yeah um disney yeah chapik made i think a brilliant calls like look if we decide to go straight to it's going to be free on Disney Plus. Yeah. You know, if you have Disney Plus, I mean, that's the right way to do it. Yeah. I mean, I, I just think that's a smart move. Um, he did say, though, that, you know, look, we understand the significance of our big movies, our tentpole movies. Yeah. And he reminded everybody, look, we've got three of them coming out pretty soon. Mulan on July 24th. Yeah. Empty Man, August 7th, and the one and only Ivan on August 14th. 
I mean, he wants people to know we believe in these. We're yeah. still going to attempt to put these yeah. out in the theaters because we know how important. I think that's the testing ground, though. Yeah. Which kind of sucks for Mulan because they put a lot of money and work and time into that film. So if it doesn't open like nearly as much as fucking, say, Aladdin or The Jungle Book or freaking uh, Lion King there, I don't. I don't know, man. I mean, it, they feel like they're going to completely rethink these live-action takes on their old original movies. I guess your lowest bar, though, is probably that $50 million they got with Dumbo. Y- so, yeah. I mean, yeah. but still, like, that's a bath, man. That's it, a bath. It, well, I th- and, and, you know, you, you would have to think, you would have to think that their accountants and, and, and you know, Iger and Chappick and all these guys are already planning on taking a loss. Yeah. I mean, I feel like even if it comes out and it does 50, 60, God willing, 100 million, they're still going to take a bath on this movie because you're just not going to get the amount of people yeah. to go see. Because, I mean, much like Disney World and Disneyland, the theaters are going to be held to a 50% capacity yeah. level also. So. This movie, say it would have made a hundred million dollars, it's probably only going to make fifty because yeah. only half the people are going to be allowed to see it. Yeah, but so, what if this is like one of the films that don't hit the billion dollar mark? That would be I that mean, would be a gut punch, man. <laughs> like, it would be. It would, but at least they have an excuse. Yeah, at least they have an excuse. Yeah, and to their credit, they're being extremely smart with their franchise that they know always makes a billion dollars. Yeah. Black Widow's not coming out until November. Yeah. So they're giving it plenty of space to have the – at least be back up to 75 80% capacity before they release Black so, Widow. Man. I hope um, so because you don't want to be that first Marvel movie that does not cross no, a billion dollars. No, or the first one that doesn't open at number one. Exactly. Like, like guys, 23 movies, they've all opened at number one. Yeah. Even Hulk. Exactly. I mean, so, you, you know, you, yeah, you definitely don't want to be the first one. But – I think a lot of, we talked about this a little bit too last week, a lot of these studios are shifting their, what would have been their summer blockbusters to the fall. Yeah. You know, so that that's going to be interesting because the fall is where they generally release the Oscar contenders. Yeah. That's where they want the you to remember season, those. Like, yeah. yeah. So if you're going to flood that thing with a bunch of blockbuster summer films, where's that going to leave the holes for the for the award season and the and the the Oscar contenders. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, man. I mean, they're going to have to rethink streaming. I mean, we saw, we reported last week that uh, the Oscars like reevaluated its entry things, entry uh, contenders. But yeah, I feel like they're going to have to rethink some things, especially since all the tentpole movies are going to come out in the fall. So, right. And we know Spike's got one coming. We'll talk about that in a little bit on that. But it's still going to be Oscar contender, even though he's going to Netflix. So, yeah, I mean, well, and Disney has reason to maybe think that strategy they announced disney plus 54.5 million subscribers now worldwide that's an increase of 4.5 million almost 5 million new subscribers just since last month yeah since we last talked about it (laughs) yeah um i mean come on that that is crazy um Obviously, Chappick said that the lockdown conditions, uh, keeping people home, yeah. uh, helped that a little bit. But For guys, sure. again, I want to stress, there's now all the new Star Wars stuff on there. The new documentary do- series from, from Favreau about the Mandalorian. All of the Skywalker stuff, that was the saga that wasn't on there prior, okay? And you've still got Marvel stuff yet to come. If these guys average between 4 and 5 million new subscribers every month, they're going to blow by Netflix Far faster than Netflix was anticipating. Real freaking quick, which is insane because, I mean, as we know, Netflix has been rocking and rolling for at least the past 
10, 15 years for streaming. I mean, of course, they've been around since 2000 doing everything, but for streaming specifically, 10, at least 10 years being the number one streaming service. Right. And Disney Plus is like right on their heels, man. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they pass them, to be honest. No, I, I wouldn't either. In, in probably a year, maybe two years. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, Reed and Ted were hoping five, six, seven years to be competitive. But I mean, yeah, at this pace... Yeah, but they like the competition, so it's all good. They do, they yeah, do. It's um, all good. Of course, with the huge success of Disney Plus, their regular networks, ESPN, ABC, and all them, they're kind of scrambling to figure out what to do. Yeah, which w- is interesting too, because when we get to the Viacom, CBS, they have a strategy for that. So yeah. we're going to talk about that a little bit, but. We should say ESPN had huge crowds for the Chicago Bulls uh, docuseries, the Michael Jordan with the last dance. Makes sense. Uh, And we talked about this last week, the NFL draft. Yeah. So they did see significant numbers um, in those. So, um, so much so that I I guess they're, we're going to talk about this. They're, they're planning some new stuff. That docuseries for uh, the last dance was on Sunday and it kind of did so well in that time frame that they're going to be putting some new stuff in that Sunday time slot. Well, yeah. And I saw that they're really thinking about going back to the, these 30 for 30 documentaries right. so that people can really get to experience the locker room and get to experience all these different teams and atmospheres for these different sports. I think that's a great idea because I've always loved the 30 for 30s. Yeah, no, it, without doubt. And uh, what, they've got a few of them coming too. Um, uh, let's see, in May and June, May, uh, one about Lance Armstrong. Two-part film, Lance, which features his unprecedented uh, access to Lance Armstrong's and delivers. Well, that'll be interesting because we all know he's cheating. Yeah. Right, yeah. It's going to be It's going to be like, another uh, one. Uh, Bruce Lee. They're okay. going to do another, yeah, uh, martial badass. arts and legend Bruce Lee. And then in June, no, that's June 7th. And then June 14th, the long-gone summer, the official selection of the 2020 Tribeca Film Festival, Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa story. That's epic. So, yeah, because remember that home run battle back in the day? Yeah, that was right. like go. I mean, that was brilliant. So you're right, the 3030s, and, and I think that's great. Yeah, um, it's going to be epic. And like you said before, that Disney Plus doesn't even have the Marvel shows on there yet. But no. guess what, guys? The Disney just recently announced that the Fury Files, which uh, promises to offer up some new, fresh MCU content, is going right. to arrive on Disney Plus next week. Yeah. Don't even have to freaking wait that long. No. But it's going to be an animated series uh, coming made from the motion picture, comic art, and scenes from the TV shows like The Avengers and things like that. I'm just I'm super excited about it. Yeah, me too. And I, I love the description. Fury Files gives viewers top secret access to S.H.I.E.L.D. intel on key Marvel heroes and yes. villains. Yes. All of this told by none other than the mysterious Fury himself. Epic. Bringing together a mix of animation and motion. Co- I, I love this too, the motion comic art. Yeah. You guys see those. They, they they're doing this a lot lately. Marvel and DC like releasing little trailers for their comics yeah. using this kind of motion. Co- it's pretty cool, man. Yeah. Do we know if uh, Samuel L. Jackson will be voicing him? Uh, I hope so. Right? I hope like, so. That would be a fail if not. Yeah. Um, but I don't know because we don't know if Fury's actually going to be voicing it or if it's just you're looking at it like you're reading through his files. I yeah. don't know. But you're right. If he's if. If we if Fury is reading the files, then it's not Samuel Jackson. That yeah, would be epic fail. Exactly. And this next one, it kind of uh 
kind of proves our fact right, our, our theory right, that Kevin Feige was canceling all these shows because they weren't falling underneath his banner. They were going under Marvel Television right. and not Marvel Studios. Because remember us talking about Ghost Rider being canceled at Hulu? Well, guess what? Kevin Feige is now developing a Ghost Rider series for Marvel at right. Disney+. Plus. Yeah, and so, okay. And uh, there's a couple of things, though. It's the He's made it clear that the Ghost Rider that he's developing is not the one that was introduced on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. that was going to get the spinoff series. That, you know, it's actually Johnny Blaze, yeah. the one that Nicolas Cage played. They're, they're going with the Johnny Blaze version of Ghost Rider. That's the original, correct? That's the original. Gotcha. So so that makes sense. I mean, although I liked Gabrielle Luna's version on, on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., yeah. I thought it would have been epic. Yeah, it was good. But I can see why they want to go back to the original, you know, version of yeah. Ghost Rider. Um, and, and yeah, the rumor is live action series, but Feige keeps hinting too that we might see him in film, at maybe pop up in Doctor Strange. Yeah. Uh, the new Doctor Strange movie. So. Uh, Doctor Strange and the Mystic and the multiverses. There's so many possibilities. Yeah. We've heard so many rumors about what characters could right. pop up exactly. in there. So I'm super excited to see the first ever like Marvel film that hits Disney Plus, or the first ever like the original, like yeah. the original Marvel film that hits Disney Plus, or the original Star Wars film that hits Disney Plus. Because right. I just feel like it's going to change the game. I think so too. Yeah, and, and there's so many possibilities. I mean, and maybe that's what all these series, these Marvel series, are doing is testing the grounds. Like if these are all really successful right. can we just full out do a film on there yeah. and see if it works i'm super excited about this next one too because i'm a huge fan of the character in the comic books and i think this is just the natural progression apparently there's also a rumored to be active development of Ironheart. yeah yeah iron heart you guys know that that's about riri she's like this child prodigy who develops her own armor based off of tony's um iron man armor yeah and she, at one point, takes over as Iron Man yeah. for after after Tony's out of it. Um, so that's rumored to be in development. I think it's it's probably a good rumor. I think this is probably accurate because they have long been setting up Young Avengers. Oh yeah, with for with sure. Captain Marvel, you, you know, and kind of stuff. We know, you know, with Cassie Lang and and with. Um, uh, Hawkeye there, you know, with Kate Bishop and stuff. We know that's coming, and yeah. Riri is a part of that, so this this totally makes sense to me. Yeah, totally sure. makes sense for to sure. me. For sure, and I mean, I could see it going either ways, Young Avengers as a feature film or as a series. So yeah. That would be badass. It would be badass. And maybe maybe that's it. Yeah. Maybe they're introduced in the next Captain Marvel movie, and then they spin off into their own series on Disney Plus. That'd be badass. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And I mean, other things going on, you know more about this than I do. Uh, the a Secret Warriors project is also in early development at uh, Marvel Studios. You're super excited about this one. I am super excited. And, and and not to be confused with Secret Wars. Yeah. Because there's long been rumors that the Russo brothers want to do the Secret Wars storyline. Not that. Secret Warriors. Warriors. <laughs> Warriors. Um, if you guys are familiar, you know this. If you if you're agents of uh, Shield fan, you know that they kind of loosely introduced that little group, although not the same group in the comic books. But yeah. Quake, you know Chloe Bennett's character Daisy. Um, Quake, she leads the the Secret Warriors, and they're apparently developing this now. 
uh, as a live action series. They had a really successful animated series of it on Disney's XD called yeah. Marvel Rising, where they kind of introduced it. Quake was the leader. Captain Marvel's kind of like their mentor yeah. kind of thing. Um, so it includes Quake, Phobos, Hellfire, Yo-Yo, and Stonewall. That you know, but this new one on Disney XD that they had so much success with was Quake, Miss Marvel, Squirrel Girl, Patriot America, Chavez, Inferno, and then of course still Quake leading the group and everything. Yeah. So um, if that's the team that they're going with for this live action, that would be so badass. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping, Feige, be smart about this, Chloe Bennett. You can't recast Quake. No, no, for She's sure. fucking brilliant. She she is like all in. You got to do that. And by the way, find a way to bring Coulson back too. Okay, if if Shield is ending, if Agents of Shield, which apparently it is, you got to get Coulson back into the movies. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. That's all I'm saying. Exactly. And I mean more things. Disney. Uh, we saw that the sing along, the Disney family sing alongs, were so popular. Well, yes. I mean, we got more brilliant musicians signing up and some haters. I, yeah. I really don't like the first one. Uh, <laughs> Katy Perry. Uh, John Legend, Jennifer Hudson, Christina Aguilera, The Muppets, Titus Burgess, um, Sabrina Carpenter, Lang Lang, and the pros from Dancing with the Stars and the latest auditions uh, to Disney Family Sing Along Volume 2. It's yes. going to be airing on Mother's Day, like we talked about. Yeah, we talked about that, the big sequel to it, because the first one was so, you know, like well received, yeah. I guess. Um, so, and they, I mean, they already had, they, they just added these because they already announced a bunch of people Chloe X, Haley, Billy I. Eichner, uh, Haley Herbert, Halsey, Josh Gad, Donald Glover. Of course, Derek Hoff will be back and Julianne Hoff, his sister. Uh, India Menzel, Miguel, Kiki Palmer, Ben Platt, Seth Rogen. I mean, fuck, who's not in this one? Know, Rebel right? Wilson, like, Shakira. Shakira? Wow. It's like Disney's kind of loosening it up a little bit, yeah. right? After that Super Bowl show, they're like, what? Shakira? But I'm down for that. I like, too, like, bring man. Shakira they're, in. They're so smart with the family content. I'm not gonna lie. No, like, they're yeah, they're nobody good. is gonna do better than Disney for your family content. I no. mean, people can come close, but it's not gonna be better. No, I'm just no. saying. <laughs> D- D- Disney, the, it's the original family content. Yeah, like exactly, exactly. And I mean, more things Disney, Disney Plus, <laughs> because um, you know, I know it's all Disney. Uh, Nat Geo scripted limited series. The right stuff is moving to Disney Plus for its fall premiere. Yes. Uh, the Leonardo DiCaprio is an executive producer of the eight episode Warner Horizon TV series that tells the story of an early NASA program and the series. Uh, and the series centers around the characters of Major Jen, uh, John Glenn, played by Patrick J. Adams, yes. and Lieutenant Commander Alan Sharpard, uh, played by Jake McDormand. Yeah. Great cast. Oh, it's a brilliant cast. And if you guys saw the movie back in the day, The Right Stuff, it was a fucking brilliant yeah. movie. So this series, I have no doubt, is going to be brilliant. And our guy, our favorite, Danny Strong, is, is in it. Epic. Yeah. he. I, I can't wait for this one. I'm a huge fan of Patrick J. Adams, yeah. obviously. You guys remember from America 2.0, he was Seth. Yeah. Um. I mean, this guy's brilliant. Mike on Suits. I mean, he's brilliant. Yeah. So for him to have the lead is going to be amazing. And I think this is going to be really – and it's a smart move. Yeah. Put it on – I mean, Nat Geo sure. had a category on Disney+. Plus. Exactly. It makes sense to put that on there. For so sure. I mean – Leo, bro. Leo. I, I mean, Leo's I mean, executive producing I it. Mean, I mean, anything that he's executive producing totally makes sense. So good. Totally makes sense. Oh, what? Mm, this one makes sense too. Let's jump to Warner Media. This one totally makes Earth. sense. 
They have, remember when they said that they were going to kind of sideline Superman and focus more on Supergirl? Makes sense. Now they've switched that. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, yeah. They've put the development of Supergirl on feature films, not the TV show. Yeah. Not the TV. Don't get confused. Feature films. They've put that development on hold because they realize all of a sudden after three years, four years, yeah. that focusing on Supergirl after seeing Superman in Justice League wouldn't make sense. No, not at all. You think? <laughs> no shit. Th- maybe we should find out what happened to Superman before we find out what happened to anybody else. Oh, my like, goodness. I know. Yeah, that's the thing. So, okay, good. But now the thing is, now that you've decided this, Warner Brothers, now that you've decided this, is it Henry Cavill? Yeah, I know. Are we going a different route? Henry, th- there's no word on that yet, but Henry has repeatedly expressed interest in continuing like to play the role. And we're fine with it. Like, yeah, I, I really am. And you guys know me. Christopher Reeve, Superman, you know, the, the original 78, that's my shit. That's what got me wanting to do films. That's what my uh, superhero geek that I am and all that. But I like Cavill. Yeah. I, I, I really, if you're going to move forward with a new version and away from the Christopher Reeve version, I like this version. Yeah. I thought Cavill did a good job, and you need to do him justice. Do a Man of Steel 2. Somebody suggested Patty Jenkins coming on and taking Man of Steel 2. Oh, wow. I would be okay yeah. with that. Yeah. I would totally be. I don't think she'll do it because yeah. she doesn't, you know. I don't know. think she will either. But she said. Her, her, the first Wonder Woman was a total homage to the original Superman. Exactly. If anybody, I'm Patty, <laughs> save Superman, save, save Superman. Superman. That should be the campaign. <laughs> save yes, Superman. Patty Jenkins hashtag save Superman. Oh my gosh, yeah, let's start it it's right so now. So good, but yeah, I mean Henry Cavill coming back, I would love that. And honestly, um, both of the guys in Hollywood uh, coming on. To either play Superman oh, as well. Yeah. The guy who plays Rock Hudson will be a great Superman and the main guy. So. Yeah, I mean, he looks so. He, it's weird because he looks like a combination of Henry Cavill and Matt Bomer. Yeah. Who both are like, you know, real, at one point Matt Bomer was going to be Superman. Yeah. So, um, interesting but now he's part of the doom patrol you know yeah, he's negative yeah. man so yeah, you know like, can't even do though that. you don't see his face but still, <laughs> it's fine that's true it's fine it's true <gasps> designing women remember designing women way back in the day no no yeah no, i did no, i have no idea <laughs> delta burke and mm. like a no delta no. dawn i do i do no delta burke <laughs> okay. gerald mccraney's wife okay um not yeah. a song no. Okay. No. <laughs> anyway, another one of the stars on that show, Gene Smart, yeah. uh, has been cast to star in a single-camera comedy from Mike Schur and Broad City alums, Paul W. Downs, Lucia Anlu, and Jen Statsky. Okay. Um, it's received a 10-episode order at HBO Max, and it's this is a really interesting concept to me. The show's going to explore the dark mentorship that forms between oh. a Las Vegas diva, which will be Gene Smart. Yeah totally makes sense and an entitled outcast 25 year old oh interesting so uh, clearly gene smart's going to be this person who wasn't entitled didn't have a lot growing up obviously had to make yeah. her way in vegas and kind of get to where she's at now she's going to mentor this little spoiled brat apparently yeah sounds interesting i mean something that i will say for warner brothers pictures is they're not afraid to get dirty with the content i feel no, like yeah. they always get in the grime of things like Bad Side of Hollywood, Las Vegas, like, drug addicts, like, yeah. all, all that shit. Like, I, I Euphoria, mean, like, all that shit. Which, and, and this is really interesting because it's in direct, you know, opposite 
of Disney Plus, which is all family entertainment. Yeah. Clearly, HBO with HBO Max is going to pepper it. We're going to have family stuff, but we're also going to have this dark, gritty have stuff. Some dark shit. So, yeah. of course, they don't have Hulu. No. So, I mean, Disney yeah. has two to, to play with. So, I guess HBO is stuck putting all of it on yeah. one. But I, I like it, though. I, I, I agree with you. I, I really like it. I, I think that's going to be a good series, and I like that they take chances. Exactly. So. Exactly. Because they don't have to, like, restrain a little bit because of their family content. Exactly. Like, nobody, so. nobody sitting in a room with a table having to question whether this is okay to put on there. Like, is this that's really a- Disney? No, yeah. it's actually Warner Brothers. <laughs> But, that's right. Uh, I mean, more shit that's happening over at right? Warner Brothers. Talk about taking a chance. HBO Max. <laughs> uh, Selena Gomez will host and executive produce an unscripted cooking series. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's received a 10-episode order at HBO Max. And we will find uh, Gomez attempting to make some delicious meals while stuck at home during quarantine. In each episode, she'll be joined remotely by master chef, different master chefs, and they will tackle the cru- uh, cruisiness? Cru- cruis- Cuisines? Cuisine. <laughs> Everybody knows I can't read. That's all right. Yeah. Uh, uh, crazy, I'm sure there will be craziness with the cuisines, of course, though. Of course. Of every variety, share invaluable tips and tricks. Uh, each installment will also highlight the food-related charity as coronavirus pandemic continues. That that's good. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you can have some fun in the kitchen and Whatever. cooking around with Selena Gomez, and then just you... sounds like the Chef Show. Yeah, it does. It does. But it's Selena Gomez. Yeah. I like Selena Gomez. Yeah, I, mean, I feel like you know, she's real. Yeah, she's, she's real. So I mean, no telling what she's going to be cooking. Yeah. Although I will say this: if Bieber pops up at any point. Turn it no. off. <laughs> no. Turn it off. Don't do that, Selena. Don't, you are past that. Don't do it. <laughs> don't just, do it. Don't do it. Thank you. Next, that shit. Um, That's right. Oh, NBC Universal. Now, the, 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 this one, we're just gonna. I, I really feel like this was an obvious. We've already said it with Viacom, CBS, CBS All Access, right? We've already said it with Disney Plus. We've. I mean, it's only. We've already said it with everything. Peacock is no different. They have signed a deal with Apple. They're, you're going to be able to watch the Peacock on all the Apple stuff, okay? Yeah. Just like you can watch all the other stuff. You can literally just – if you have Apple, you know, you could just go and, and have access to all the, the shit. Apps, yeah. No, because you can just g- access it all from right there. So, But, yeah, they've they, – they, you know, iPhone, iPad, iPod, Touch, the Apple TV, all, all the kind – you'll be able to do it. The one thing I like though is that NBC Universal. We talked about this in the pack. Pe- Peacock. They will have a free version of it. Yeah. They'll have ads, but it's free. So if you do have Apple TV, you'll be able to access uh, NBC Universal's Peacock for free without having to have a subscription. Yeah. So boom, and then of course you they have the other tiers available also that you have to pay for. But yeah. I, I mean that's cool. Yeah. You know. I mean I respect that fact. I respect the hustle. Um, but I still don't think it's going to do well. Just no, saying. Peacock. I, I just it's just the saying. name. Yeah. It's the name. Yeah. I'm sure they're going to have some cool content on there. They're going to try and some uncool content like the you know Saved by the Bell review. Uh, but I, I, it's just a name. Yeah. It's a horrible branding. So bad. I'm sorry, so but bad. it is. What are you watching today? Oh, I'm streaming the Peacock. What? Yeah. Yeah. What? What? what is that? Exactly. Uh, but um, conspiracy theory, devil's advocate here. Um, I think Apple is taking this a whole different direction. Maybe maybe they set it up to where, all right, you cut the cord. Now you just need your little Apple TV box or your Apple mm-hmm. TV app, mm-hmm. and then you can stream all of it right there. Yep. You don't need to download all. It would probably save you a whole bunch of space on your Roku. Hey, like – 
they're smart, man. They're yeah, so smart. no, and and what better way to direct people to watch your own stuff? Exactly, like, Apple's look. original shows and everything. If they're going there already to watch all these other ones, they're they're bound to go. Oh well, what's Apple got? Exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's it's brilliant, man. They're smart, so <sighs> smart, and. Uh, I'm a huge fan of The Blacklist. James Spader. Are you yeah, guys fans of this show? Really good. I freaking love this show. They're finding another creative way to battle with production being shut down. <laughs> Makes sense. They have announced that its upcoming season seven finale, okay, the Kazanjian Brothers, it's going to be part live action, part comic book style animation. Oh, wow. Remember when they did that with uh, with uh, Get Down? Yeah. 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 Some, some success, some not. Yeah. It was okay. Yeah. It was okay. Um. But for a show like this, I don't know. I don't know. This is going to be really interesting. It, apparently, it was midway through shooting when it got shut down. Yeah. So they're trying to find a way. How can we take what we had shot and finish it? So they're going to do this the animation part of it. Yeah. So it's going to be a kind of a mix. The um the people are going to voice their own stuff. Cast members, uh, James Spader and Megan Boone, are going to record the dialogue for it. Makes so sense. While they're, I, I, I mean. Will it work? Will it won't? I don't know. But what I really like is that all of these people are getting creative on how to keep going yeah. while shit is For shut sure. down. So just shows the hustle, man. Yeah. It's all about the grind. It but, is about uh, the speaking, grind. Speaking about uh, the get down, all of the cast members posted like pictures with the other cast members of the get down the other day. Mm. I was like, what's happening? Right. I hope they bring that shit back. But, right. I mean, that's just me. Well, and, and speaking of, you know, uh, Shamar there, the, like, apparently uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse was a lot closer to actually having Tom Holland and Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire in the animated film. Oh, sure. The deal was really close to getting done and then just didn't happen, but apparently that was on the agenda. Wow. And so now we know they're talking live action, right? Yeah. Well, Samar said he'd be happy to play Miles Morales Hell in yeah. the live version of it. I feel it. like he's the perfect version. He was perfect in the animated, so bring him on in if that could happen. Oh, my God, Exactly, man. and have fucking Donald Glover be his uncle. Oh, my God. Yeah, Because dude. they teased that. They teased that. They did. I just think this is a really good idea if they want to do that. And yeah, you brought you brought it up, and he was out there talking about that. And I'm like, yeah, do it. Do a get down re- a reunion for sure, and then do that exactly, <laughs> exactly. Pull it all together. Man. It's true. Pull it all together. All right. Well, Disney's not the only one suffering. Yeah. Uh, Viacom, CBS, they also reported numbers this week. Uh, they saw a decline in revenue and profit for their their quarter as well. Makes sense. Um, However, they beat expectations by a significant amount, and that actually sent their stock up 20%, which, right? Wow. They credit that to a strong uh, domestic streaming and digital video revenue. That makes sense. Yeah. CBS All Access. Hashtag quarantine. Right, which uh, that grew $471 million, up 51% over last year. All right. Yeah. I mean, that that's significant. Okay. Uh, we we uh, talked about this a little bit earlier with Disney and everything. Now, CBS All Access is apparently going to reboot this summer with a bunch of Paramount films and shows from Nickelodeon and BET and other stuff to add to it. That's smart. And they're rebranding. Oh. I don't know what it's going to be called. They oh. haven't announced that yet, but CBS, X, CBS Access is rebranding, and it's going to expand internationally over the next year. Interesting. Yeah. I don't I don't think that would be a bad idea, to be honest with you, because when I 
didn't know anything about CBS All Access. It just sounded like another like add-on to CBS. CBS. It didn't sound like an actual streaming service for them. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like that possibly would be a good idea. But then at the same time, you wouldn't want to lose out on people who are thinking about CBS All Access and then go out to sign up for it and like. Where'd it fucking go? Right, right. Well, okay, they've added a bunch of shit, apparently. Like, just this week, 100 Paramount films were added right. uh, to it, um, including uh, a lot of the Star Trek films, The Godfather, Terms of Endearment, An Inconvenient Truth. That's pretty cool. Yeah. But they, and to your question, which you just brought up, so Bob uh, gave it a kind of an answer to this. Um, he said that original programming is still going to be the mine from which they dig with, that yeah. they feel like that intellectual property of original shows is their bread and butter. Makes sense. They're like The Good Fight and Picard. I mean, Picard had a huge success. Yeah, for sure. You know, and just, so they're not going to bail on that. They're going to kind of keep going with that. Um so that's good news. Yeah. That's good news. Yeah, and I mean, they did cancel some stuff. I mean, like uh, mm. uh, Carol's second act broke, Tommy, Man with a Plan, uh, Matt LeBlanc, that sucks. Yes. Uh, God Friended Me, uh, I know your mom's mad about yeah, that Yeah, mom was pissed about that. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, to be fair, though, they did pick up 23 of their shows. Yeah. That's a significant that's a amount lot. that made the cut. Yeah. You know, they're talking about all this, the streaming stuff, but remember, they have their actual network, CBS. Yeah. And we talked about it, it is the upfronts, you know, they are announcing renewals and cancellations and like you yeah. said um i mean those were those were some interesting cuts yeah. i felt like but the obvious is for the pickups i mean all the ncis's yeah. i mean no that was no way in trouble yeah blue blood 60 minutes i was thrilled to see all rise yeah all rise got picked it's up supposed to be a really good show yeah right? bob hart's abishola i think i would have kept it maybe god friended me over that yeah. I, I don't kept it yeah what the fuck was that kept it <laughs> kept i don't it. even know what that word is Kepner. the unicorn swat Seal Team, MacGyver, uh, the FBI stuff. Yeah, I said, fuck it. We'll go back yeah, to that in a minute. Um, it's the, the Katy Perry Yeah, the, the Neighborhood, Magnum PI, 48 Hours, Undercover Boss, Young Sheldon, Mom, Survivor, The Amazing Race. Evil got picked up for a second season. Interesting. So let's get Rebecca Kennedy on that, okay? Yes. I really want her to be on that show. I mean, shanking people and shit. And bull. Yeah. What the fuck, CBS? Why? Why? Like we understand Why? that Les Moonves was a shady motherfucker, so y'all already got some shadiness going on. But this guy is such a douchebag. Guys, like, it was proven. Proven it fact. It was proven, and you had to pay the settlement. Why is this still on the air? Exactly. Why is it can't be making that much fucking revenue? It, it just. Mm. I know. Anyway, <laughs> just saying. Uh, and another big mistake CBS made, and I know you were not happy about this one, and I'm not either. Yeah, I mean CBS is not proceeding with uh, the Lincoln Lawyer, the series we were talking about um, uh, a while ago, honestly. But it's a high-profile legal drama from the pr uh, the practice creator David E. Kelly. Yeah. Um, which really sucks, man. We were both huge fans of the movie with Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. And. I, we were excited about the actual series coming to life, but yeah, this not going forward. No, and I mean, guys, why would you bail on David E. Kelly? Like, yeah. if you're going to do a legal drama, David E. Kelly's got to do it. I he mean, is. Allie McBeal, The Practice, he's had numerous legal dramas that kicked ass. Yeah. Why would you? I don't. I don't. I just don't even. And this is the crazy thing. It was in the final stages of pre-production when COVID shut it down. Yeah. The cast had all been assembled, including apparently that Logan Marshall Green is the lead, and apparently it was intense negotiations for a couple weeks to sign him and get him on, and then 
Not so much. This shit just did not fall We should through. say that this deal was kind of made, though, prior to the merger, yeah. prior to Viacom CBS's merger. But, I mean, it was a, it was a commitment deal. It was a commitment deal, meaning they're going to have to pay. Yeah, exactly. We just said at the top of CBS's news that, or Viacom CBS's news, that <laughs> they had a rough quarter. Exactly. They're, they're losing money. They're not making – and now you're going to have to pay out for a series you're not even going to air. Exactly. That's – I just feel like that's a dumb move. I agree. I agree. Dumbass shit, man. Dumbass <laughs> shit. I just do not understand. No, but, and Lincoln Lawyer would have been good. I know. I know. But now – Heading over to Netflix, uh, well, part of Netflix slash uh, CBS TV. Yeah, this is going to be a I, CBS thing. Like, yeah, what? I know. Interesting. But uh, Nicolas Cage, guys. Nicolas Cage is going to set the star in a scripted series centered around Joe Exotic. Yes, Tiger King himself. Uh, yeah. I've, this, I mean, clearly because Netflix had so much success with it, CBS is going to try to do it. Yeah, I mean, we saw TMZ try to do the documentary uh, for it, and then now this as well. So Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Joe, it's based on an article. Joe Exotic, A Dark Journey into the World of the Man Gone Wild. Oh, okay. So here's the crazy thing, though. CBS optioned this shit back in 2019. Damn. June of last year. They So they were sitting on it. Fuck up because Netflix beat them to it and had this little exactly. series. Now they're going to have to try to play catch up. Exactly. And be like, oh. What if, what if the hype passed? What if right? like, it's gone now? I mean, I mean it was like... The first couple of weeks of quarantine, it was the big thing. But now I feel like nobody's really talking about yeah, it. Yeah, agreed. So mm, you had that for a year. Maybe you could have jumped on that before Netflix. I know, I know. And I personally don't think Nicolas Cage is the right decision. I know he's crazy as fuck, but I don't. Dax Shepard looks so good when he fucking <laughs> did that Photoshop. Dax Shepard looked so freaking good. And I mean, yeah. I yeah, just... yeah. Dax Shepard is just – he's 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 – He's good. Yeah, exactly. I, I just I think that would have been a good choice. I think yeah, you're right. Exactly. And now heading over to Netflix. Oh my goodness, guys! Still haven't watched it, but definitely on the to do list this weekend. Netflix's Chris Hemsworth, Chris Hemsworth film, The Extraction, is now getting a sequel. Yes. Joe Russo has closed the deal and penned a follow up. Uh, age. AGBO, Russo's production company, with his brother and fellow Avengers director, Anthony, said it's putting the pieces together now and starting the process. Yeah, yeah. They're optimistic they're going to get their guy back, Sam Hargrave, to direct it again. That's cool. Um, and, of course, I mean, you can't do it without Chris Hemsworth. No. But he's obviously – he was he was all over social media yeah. thanking the fans and was exactly. said he would love to do it. So I think that negotiation is going to go well. Yeah, that was the <laughs> biggest freaking film for Netflix ever. Yeah. Like, I mean – which they were expecting Bright to be that, but you don't see that one getting a sequel anytime soon. I mean, they said they were going to, but you don't oh, see well, it. Well, actually, maybe. Really? We've got news about that. Yeah, oh. we've got news about that. All right. Um, but Netflix did want to point out, though, that none of these deals are done for extraction until the script is done. Yeah. Which I'm sure Joe is, like, hammering out. Yeah. I mean, with that much They're success. They're busy people. Yeah. Yeah. So, and and now, to, to, to your comment there. Netflix is apparently negotiating with Louis Letourne, who did um, I think uh, what what uh, Hulk back in the day. I think. Oh, really? Or what? Yeah. Um, Which one though? <laughs> the 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 new one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he is apparently they're negotiating with him to do Bright too. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, it's going to reteam Will Smith and Joel Edgerton, obviously, but apparently negotiations are ongoing and they want to move forward with that sequel now. Yeah. Um, David Ayer, who uh did the first one, 
he was going to direct it, but now he's committed to doing Dirty Dozen for Warner Brothers. Makes sense. So he went full forward. He wrote the sequel for uh, Bright. So he's going to continue to be the writer on it, and he's going to produce it. Okay. But he just stepped away from the directing. So, I mean, that could have been the delay maybe. Maybe it was because David Ayer was like – all over the place, exactly. and they're like, "Hey, how about so you they just tried to write find it? someone else to actually direct it and take the the realm?" Somewhere. Exactly, so. exactly. So, but if David Ayer write, wrote it and he's going to produce it, you know, it's going to stay true to the original film that there he directed. Go. Yeah. So I feel like eh, okay. Yeah. No, so yeah. there you go. I mean, there there was your delay. Yeah, I really right. think that's probably what it was. Is Ayer couldn't get it all yeah. done, and you know, yeah. See what happens, man. See what happens. <laughs> but uh, other filmmakers also heading over to Netflix. Yes. Spike Lee announced on social media. Uh, his new directorial effort, uh, Defy Bloods, will launch globally on streaming on the streaming platform June 12th. Many expected Defy Bloods to be held for a fall and for the fall and launch for uh, award season because those are it's yeah. another one that is might be a contender. Uh, but for the summer launch, I mean, it was not too good for his last project. I mean, the Black Klansman. So he expected more. So he's gonna release it theatrically and then put it on Netflix, right? Yeah, yeah. But I mean. I- I know he probably was hoping for a little bit more, but it is one of the rare films that was released during the summer that did get nominated. Yeah. Most of the time when you release in the summer, it's forgotten about by the time the Oscar nominations you know, are voted on. And I, I feel like Spike should be happy that, hey, he had a summer movie that was actually still in people's minds yeah. at the end of the year. So yeah. hopefully he'll get that again exactly. with this one. And I mean, the Black Klansman was great. Uh, like, exactly. Like... Exactly. I thought it was a fantastic film and, and rightfully so to get nominated. Um, so yeah, I mean, maybe he'll see that again, you know, yeah. maybe he won't, I, I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, we'll see what happens, man. See but what happens. yeah, I, I mean, I guess, yeah. What earning Lee an Oscar for best adapted screenplay. Yeah. So. I mean, it's not like he didn't win that night. So right. It is, mean, it, is. it is what it is. It is what it is. Uh, <laughs> Other news, Blake Lively will star in Dark Days at the Magenta Carta, a uh, post-apocalyptic thriller that is being developed at Netflix as a possibility of a trilogy. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. And she's producing. All she's right. producing the thriller with her B for Effort production banner cool. uh, along with Kate Vorthoff. So, man, talk about power couple. Right. Right? Fucking Blake and Ryan Reynolds, man. They're just killing it. makes sense now, though, with the success that Ryan has seen on Netflix over the past couple of years yeah. that Blake would get involved. Yeah, for like, sure. I mean, that, that makes sense. Such a good relationship there. Um, also... Ricky Jervis, Jarvis, Jervis, yes. uh, has struck an overall deal with Netflix. The Office creator will develop new scripted projects for the digital platform, as well as stand-up specials as part of the multi-year deal. I mean, stand-up is huge on Netflix right True. now. They put new ones out like all the time, and you know, um, I believe he's a part of Space Force as well because yeah, he was uh, the creator of The Office, uh, the creator of Space Force, so, right? You know. So yeah, I mean, he's got a good relationship with netflix this makes sense that they sign an overall deal with him for sure yeah this next one apparently the hottest spec script in hollywood right now that everybody is trying to get is ball and chain oh um it's dwayne johnson and emily blunt you know they're doing that disney movie together right the jungle adventure jungle cruise but apparently they've signed on to do this one they're going to play a bickering couple who get superpowers that only work if they can put aside their differences and make their marriage work. That's the only way they're so... Sounds like Fantastic Four comedy. I mean, it's going to be pretty funny. I I, I just... I I think... 
The Rock does action and comedy really yeah, well. I agree. You know, so how we're going to see Emily Blunt go into that, I don't know. But I, I just I think this sounds like an interesting premise, and The Rock hasn't missed yet. He, I mean, he's doing pretty well, right? Yeah. So apparently, like I said, it's it's the hottest thing right now. Several studios are are going after it, but it looks like Netflix has got the lead. Yeah. It looks like this is going to end yep. up at Netflix. So. Shelling out more money. Shelling out more <laughs> exactly. money. Exactly. Like, is this going to be another two hundred million dollar one? I mean, we don't know. So but, crazy. So crazy. Uh, Still waiting for that Gal Gadot, The Rock, and uh, Ryan Reynolds one. I want to see that one. I know, but I mean, we, they couldn't start filming. Yeah. So I mean, that sucks. You you I shell know. out two hundred million dollars and then wait a minute production halted we can't do it. like what the fuck COVID-19 yeah. um, uh, heading over to Amazon uh, you know they've just been rocking and rolling with episodic series uh, Amazon Studios had landed the conspiracy thriller series The Terminal List starring an executive produced by Chris Pratt and this is going to be his return to television yeah. I believe since Parks and Rec so, right I mean that'll be epic uh, it's an ongoing drama that will be directed and executive produced by Antoine Foucault. Uh, sure. Uh, <laughs> the terminal list follows James Reese, a.k.a. Chris Pratt, after his entire platoon of Navy SEALs is ambushed during a high-stakes covert mission. Reese returns home to his family with conflicting memories of the event and questions about his his capability with life basically and to help the authenticity the terminalist intends to have veterans and their families as much as part of the multiple aspects of the series of production starring and writing so yeah that's going to be huge i feel like i mean that's the only way i think that you make these things legit is if you actually sure. bring in people who have gone through it for sure um but can i just say i mean chris pratt as a navy seal that's going to be badass. Yeah. Right? Like, I can see that. Remember, just a few years ago, this was the pudgy guy on Parks and Rec. Exactly. Right? Like, now then he's he a Navy ripped. SEAL. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> fucking Star-Lord. 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 Now I'm playing Navy SEALs. Yeah. I mean, I like this, though. I think it's going to be – it sounds like a really good series. We know a lot of people come back with some issues and have to kind of deal with. Yeah. And again, we talked about this on the show last week, but – series that force a conversation about this type of content. Bringing you know, awareness, stuff. man. Yeah, it, it's necessary. And Chris Pratt, good for you. And I think this is going to be a huge success. Yeah. I, re- I really do. Sure. Amazon, man, another one that's not scared to take risks. No. Not scared to talk about things. No, and I mean, this is a... They really like doing this. They like to make series out of podcasts. Yeah. Because they also did that with... Um, Pretty Woman there. Right. What the fuck is Julia Roberts, yeah. yeah. Julia Roberts uh, for, I forget what it's called, but it's now on Amazon, so right. you can go watch that. Uh, but this one, The Horde of Dolores Roach, a Bloomhouse television drama series adaptation of the Gimlet podcast is now in development at Amazon. Yeah. Dara Resnick, the co-creator of the podcast and Apple's uh, Home Before Dark, yeah. she's boarded the project as the showrunner and is going to work alongside Aaron Mark. Um, I guess that he's just signed a first look deal with Bloomhouse. Makes so. sense. Um, it, it, yeah, it, apparently it's described as a grotesque Sweeney Todd inspired tale of eat or be eaten. Oh shit! Oh, like wow. I mean, this sounds—it's about cannibalism, guys. Yeah, I, um, I, I mean, I haven't listened to the podcast. I, I don't. I'm yeah, not no familiar idea. with the podcast, but that sounds pretty interesting, right? To me. Like, just, wow. And I mean, we're going to be talking about uh, urban legend of love, betrayal, weed, gentrification, uh, cannibalism, <laughs> and the survival of the fittest. I mean, you know, yeah, yeah, good. For, like we said, Amazon is willing to take chances. Yeah. This one sounds iffy, 
but it sounds cool. I know. So I, I think, you know. Uh, I hope this whole thing doesn't stem from if you smoke weed, you get so hungry that you eat, eat people. people. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, yeah. I think that's a lot happening. But I got the munchies. Where's uh, Billy? Where's <laughs> like, like, what? His ear looks great. Like, oh, man. Uh, Speaking you... of taking chances. Oh, yeah. Are you ready for this one? This guy takes chances all the time. He jumps off buildings. He does his own skydiving. He does like, you know, he, he's 50-something years old but still wants to do all his own stunts. So wild. We're talking about the man himself, Maverick Top Gun, Tom Cruise. Highway to the moon. That's right. Like, <laughs> That's right. He, he, he Being in the sky isn't enough. No. Tom Cruise wants to go to space. Oh, go to space. He wants to go to space. Apparently, he's partnering with NASA to shoot a movie aboard the space station and in space. That's wild. Yeah. That is in wild. space. Not on a soundstage, not fake. Actually shoot it on the space station and in space. Yeah. Tom Cruise. I just want to, like, it's going to be such a different, like, literal atmosphere to try to get everything. Like, they're going to have to put the, I don't know, zero gravity on where they're literally. So you can put the fucking tripod on. Uh, but what if you don't put the tripod on? You're literally floating upside down. I and mean, shit. Like, it is going to be the weirdest, like, but yet probably coolest thing ever. I'm interested. I mean, he's also teaming with Elon Musk. I guess that's how they're going to get up there, SpaceX, yeah. you know, because we know the shuttle isn't in service anymore and all that kind of stuff. But they were smart enough to also team with NASA. Yeah. Um, it's not a Mission Impossible movie. No. They, they want to make that perfectly clear. This yeah. is not a next installment in Mission Impossible, although it sounds like sounds an impossible like it. mission, doesn't like it? it? But it is not. So there you have it. We were talking about this off uh, camera before we started the show and everything, but um, I just think it's brilliant because it's like $200, $300, 500000000 million for a civilian to buy his way into space. Yeah. Tom Cruise just figured out how to get there for free. Exactly. I'm like going to make a movie and they'll pay for it. It'll be great. It's fucking brilliant, Tom. It's brilliant. You want to go to space? Make a movie and get them to pay for it. Uh, it's fantastic. I know. What's the budget on that? I know. I want to know. I mean, because it's, it's like two hundred million dollars to get to space it's, before you do anything, and then gotta you've got to so do the budget of the movie, yeah. right? So, I mean, this thing's probably going to cost close to, I don't know, half a billion dollars to make. No. And then, how does that make money? I, well, know. I, don't, I don't know, Tom Cruise. I know, I don't, I don't know, Tom Cruise. Hashtag I don't know, Tom Cruise. <laughs> Tom hilarious. Cruise in space. Oh my goodness! If, uh, that Tom Cruise is space force. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't I, know. I, I could I, see I it. Just, I mm. could see it, Mr. President. I volunteer as tribute. <laughs> like. <laughs> What? Just, you're you're no. too short, Tom. Actually, uh, I'm the perfect size, Mr. President. That's right. I don't know. Uh, it's going to be just good for you, Tom Cruise. Maybe that should be our next improv skit, like Donald Trump and Tom Cruise talking mm. about joining face, Base Force. That would be interesting. <laughs> that would be interesting. That would be re- actually really fun. I know, right? I know. Uh, um, now, the next one, E1, hashtag Entertainment One, has set a first look agreement with producer... Jeremy Leacham, yes. uh, who has previously served as Senior Vice President of Production and Development at Marvel Studios. This makes total sense because E1 just acquired the rights to Hasbro. Yeah. And we've been talking about this before. They Hasbro wants to you know the transformers like all the they want to make a universe yeah. you know they want their their guys all GI Joe and and transformers and all that. So 
it makes sense to go to a Marvel yeah. guy that was part of the process exactly. of building the MCU, Build right? Building the universe. I mean, which apparently they're doing another G.I. Joe movie. So, I, I mean, right. please don't put them all together. No. I like the Bumblebee movie. I uh, like me that too. one. And Just... I haven't seen the Shia LaBeouf Transformers, but I heard those two were really good. Yeah, no, the the original live-action Transformers was, like, badass. The second one was okay. The third one you shouldn't have done. i a huge Mark Wahlberg fan, but... Without Shia, it just kind of lost yeah. some, some stuff. But the rumor is is that they're they're using Bumblebee and they're going to eventually tie it into Shia LaBeouf's first one. You know, it, which the, would be great. Yeah, because the Bumblebees are like the prequel to kind of a thing. Yeah, but. This idea of building a universe, and I'm sure, to, to his credit, he probably sold himself saying, hey, I helped build the MCU, oh, sure. I can build this one too. For sure. Don't. Universal failed. They wanted to do a um, their Monsters universe. Yeah. You remember Tom Cruise came out with a new Mummy remake and it fucking bombed horribly. So bad. And they were like, well, maybe we won't do a fucking uh, universe. Don't do it. MCU just, they struck lightning. They, they, they it, It's like... I feel a one-time thing. DC has failed miserably trying to recreate it with their superheroes. Yeah. I just don't think this can be done again. No. I just don't. I, I mean, there's only one Marvel, guys. There's only one Marvel. It's, James Cameron, back the fuck up. It, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't talked shit about James Cameron in a while. But, no, you know, we haven't. I mean, no, we, we haven't. respect him. We should say that we respect him and his artistic ability. We love the Terminator. So, I mean, he's a good filmmaker. He, yeah, he's a solid filmmaker. And kind I of love, a douche, I, though. You know, okay. yeah, this whole, you know, I feel like he's just coming out with all these avatars just to take down Avengers. Maybe. Because he's so... I still don't know. think they'll be as popular, though. I don't think so. I don't think you're going to beat the last uh, Endgame. I, I don't think that box office record is going to yeah. be beat it's unless Marvel happen. beats it again. Yeah. I, I just, I, I don't know. Good luck, Cameron. That's and, all I'm yeah. saying. Good luck, Cameron. Hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. And good luck to all of these people. Yeah. All of the theaters that are getting ready to open. Yeah. Look at what happened in Texas. Yeah, last week, freaking uh, Texas began loosening its uh, state coronavirus restrictions and allowing movie theaters and select businesses to reopen the doors for function at 25% capacity. 25%. Remember, just 25. Yeah, all these people are talking about doing it at 50%. This was just 25%. Exactly. And then the day they reopened, the AP uh, Associated Press uh, right. reported Texas was hit with more than 1,000 new coronavirus cases. Yes. Holy shit. Not yeah. saying that it's caused by the theaters and stuff being reopened, but it's not the right time. No, and that was the third day in a row that 1,000 plus people got it. Exactly. So, I mean, think about that. It, it, 1,293 new cases it was the second highest single day total in texas guys that's at 25 percent. you're talking 50 percent for all these movies exactly you know the, to their credit most of the larger theater chains aren't going for it even if their states allow they're not going to open they're like no. we don't have new movies to show we don't think it's safe. so they're, no they're not doing it so. i don't blame them i don't i don't blame either them. i mean it's not not yet guys not yet we got to do it in smaller phases that's I right like. i no. just i mean hmm. I, look, I miss going to see the movies. Me too. I do. So much. I do. But I don't miss it enough to get sick. I don't want to die. <laughs> so let, let's just rethink this. You know, I understand that the studios are struggling. I understand that all this kind of stuff's going on. But we got to be smart about it. I agree. I agree. But now it is time for our guest segment. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Speaking of smart, right? I'm smart, Woo. educated, phenomenal person. 
one of the most humblest people we've ever talked to on Inside the Crazy She was Farm. literally going to be a thoracic heart surgeon. I know. What? I, know. I mean, this girl is brilliant. I like, know. I mean, what? I know. Adrian Ray coming on to talk about her new hit sci-fi series, Vagrant Queen. There we go. Yes, <laughs> Vagrant Queen. And she's just, like I said, just such an amazing person. Definitely an up-and-comer that's going to have a huge career ahead of her. I'm so excited for the up-and-comers to listen to this interview. Absolutely. She she passes along brilliant advice, and she clearly loves her fans and her fandom, and, and she's just she's doing everything right. Yeah. She's doing everything right. This is a really good interview. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Such, such a great person. Now... Here she is. All right, Adrian Ray, welcome inside the Crazy Ant Farm. How are you today? I am doing great. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you for joining us. We're pretty excited about this one, Vagrant Queen. Not not very often we get royalty in, inside the farm. Right, right. Queen without the <laughs> crown. <laughs> That's right. How's that going in quarantine, by the way? How's the queen in quarantine? Is that going all right? Or No, it's going really well. I'm like, <laughs> this is my normal life. Yeah. <laughs> the stores that I usually go to aren't open. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that makes it, you know, yeah. that's all, I feel the same way, kind of, like, I'm, not, yeah, I'm just keeping like my, you know, <laughs> might have to do it over here or over there, but I'm pretty much doing the same thing. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, we're really excited. First of all, congratulations on the show. Like, like I said, Vagrant oh, Queen, sci-fi, epic little space opera, and we're definitely going to be talking about that without doubt. Um, you've been in, I mean, some serious stuff. We're, we're super excited to talk to you about all the stuff that you've been in. But what we like to do first is kind of introduce you to our listeners a little bit and kind of how you got into the industry, how you got started, and, you know, stuff like that. So was this something you always like, this is my dream, I've got to do this? Was it something you always saw yourself doing? Or was this just kind of like you came into it? No, I definitely fell into it. Um, if, if you would have asked me when I was five years old what I wanted to be, I would have told you, a cardiothoracic surgeon. Oh, oh wow. wow. <laughs> dream set yeah. high. <laughs> <laughs> and I, um, I went to school um, to and I majored in physician assistant studies and medical laboratory science studies. And while I was in school, I was um, someone came up to me and they said, "Hey, you want to be a part of our record label?" Oh, and wow. I said, "Sure." And they were like, "But you gotta like really focus on it. We don't have time for like the whole school thing." Mm. And I was like, "Oh, okay." Well, I, I told my mom, and she was like, "No, you're gonna finish your degree." Right, like, so, smart mom. <laughs> so I finished it, and like when I hit the the button we had to take a board certification as medical laboratory scientists i hit the button and it said pass i called my mom and said okay okay mom i'm moving to atlanta <laughs> that's where all the music is that's right <laughs> and i uh, i moved and through you know being on set and dabbling into acting or music i fell into acting and i was on a set and people were like you should really look into it they're shooting a lot of stuff here and uh i got a mentor and i just started training 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 and when i got on set I fell in love with it. It was like the perfect place for me. It was like I would have been there for free, and I was just so grateful that they were still paying me. <laughs> Isn't it? It's it's like such a huge adrenaline rush when you're on the set, right? Yeah. Yeah, it, it's like un- – I, I, there's no way to describe it. There's no other feeling like it in the world. So it, it's always fun to hear people say that. Um, and you could, of course, have been a set medic. You didn't have to do it for free. You right. could have been, hey, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you got that background, girl. You could be a set medic. You'd be all right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, okay, so so you go there for music initially, though, and kind of and kind of work your way into the acting and everything. That's really good. Mm-hmm. And um, we were talking about this uh, b- before we started talking to you, but we're really interested in this because 
at the time that you've come into the industry, I mean, it, it the push towards diversity has kind of really been to the forefront now, which wasn't the case before. Um, and you've yeah. kind of come into the industry at a time where, where rightfully so, it needs to be at the forefront. How is how has that helped your approach towards your career, or uh, you know, your approach on what what you were doing? Because, um, like you said, you know, hey, hey, I went to Atlanta because the music was there, and they were booming in the film industry and stuff like that. But how has that changed your game as far as your career went? Well, I mean, as far as how I curate my career, it doesn't change it much. I, you know, I I pick roles that are authentic and good for me and things like that. But I, they have to resonate with me. It mm-hmm. just so happens that I I do hold very dearly to my heart the fact that I am an African American woman and I am, you know acting and hoping to open the walls and break down these walls and doors that Hollywood has put up when it comes to diversity, especially in genres like sci-fi. Oh, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, yeah. It's, it's very rare to see, you know, a black female lead in a sci-fi genre show or, or movie. Um, so I personally, I, I take it like very, it's very close to my heart. And it's one of those things where I'm like, I know, I, I know like I deal with some things that are, not the best because of, you know, um, <laughs> you know, we're still in this culture where sometimes people are internet bullies or they, they show Absolutely. their prejudice and things like that. And I know that I'm going through these things to help others in the future to be able to, you know, be in this space and show the world like, hey, we can do this and we don't have to tell the same stories. We don't have to be white. We don't have to all be heterosexual. It can be diversity in all forms and that's okay. It's relatable and there are new stories that need to be told. Absolutely. I, I, wow. Perfect answer. Perfect answer. I mean, and I love the approach. I mean, you, you I, I like how you've kind of like, I'm going to put this on me and I'm, I know I'm going to get some stuff and I'm, I'm going to take some heat, but I'm going to do this anyway because I'm passionate about it and it's important. And I really love people who have that enthusiasm and that drive and that passion and it always signals to me that you're doing stuff for the right reason and not for the wrong reason you know because we we see so many people get into this industry that are there for the fame and the fortune and all the wrong reasons and get Mm -hmm. caught up in all the wrong stuff you know so to see somebody refreshing and say no this is an important thing that i'm doing and i'm gonna take this and i'm passionate about it so refreshing yeah especially in Mm -hmm. like you said the entertainment industry where you need to have like the thickest of the thick skin right to where like you get turned down basically left and right basically 90 percent auditioning 10 percent actually acting and especially in the day and age of social media where like you said there are those internet trolls or internet bullies that will just try to get you down so much so how has like social media played an impact on your career is do you think it's vital to have social media in the day and age or is it really not that worth it especially with the trolls like how do you feel about social media um i feel like social media is is a tool that you can use, but it depends on what type of career you want to create and what roles you want. Mm-hmm. Um, I just feel like, you know, uh, how do I put this? Denzel Washington, I don't feel like is like trying to get roles via his Instagram. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but that's because of the roles that he does. But there are also people who, you know, they make Instagram sketches and skits and they do comedy and mm-hmm. they're noticed for that. And then they get to be on, you know, the silver screen and things like that because they started in, in this social media realm and they were able to show people, they were able to get such a viewership Mm -hmm. that the right people seen it and they were able to you know take their career to the next level so i think it's important to use it in the best way possible and also not to um 
allow it to consume your craft. Yes. If that makes sense. Like you still have to work outside of just making social media sketches and things like that. Right. You still have to um, do the work. You can't just say, Hey, I made a cute Instagram video once and it went viral. I got a million views. So you should just give me this role on Westworld. Right. I feel you. I just love the way you started. Cause the fact is Denzel would still have to be Denzel, exactly. even if he was doing it on Instagram. Right. Like, exactly. It, exactly. <laughs> It's like, no, I I can't act anymore, but I, my Instagram is fine. Um, yeah, right. that's <laughs> I just love it. Denzel it's, ain't you know doing it. it. It's great for viewership. It's great it for is. like I love it because I get to I never used Twitter before. Mm-hmm. And then I remember sci fi, they were like, We wanna get your Twitter popping because I had I had like twenty people following me on Twitter mm-hmm. and they were all like my cousins. Yeah. Like... <laughs> I was like, Okay. And uh, I started using it more, started using it for Vegan Queen, and I get so much interaction. I've actually, like, I know, I know people who are, they consider themselves hashtag vagrants or vagrant erpers. And I, like, I know their names. I've popped in on Zooms, and they came in on my Instagram Lives, and we do Fan Friday now, and I can do that via social media in the midst of COVID-19. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a great way to interact with fans and, you know have engagement for sure. Absolutely. And you know, so many of the studios and, and the networks are using that that for that exact purpose for marketing. I mean, how many times now do you see mm-hmm. that the shows require live tweeting while it's on, you know, and kind of for the back right. and forth interaction. So I, I agree with you. I do, I do think it's a, it's a perfect marketing tool for sure. And I love the Fan Friday idea. That's awesome. Yeah, seriously. I bet it helps out a lot, especially like you said, getting to know your fans and what they like and what they disliked about like the show or a certain episode. It's really, I feel like good for the character and possibly good for further uh going on with the show yeah yeah you definitely learn you know where people's mindsets are regarding the show that you learn what they love what really resonates with them and you learn about them period like what your fan base is actually like right. who's actually watching you and what's important to them like i find that a lot of my fan base there in the lgbtq plus community and it really means a, a lot to them that we have this relationship on um, Vagrant Queen with Alita in a May. Right. And, and, you know, knowing that I, I, I think it's great. And now I know like, okay, this, this is really like what they want to see, or, uh-huh. you know, this is what, what they would want to talk about. So we can discuss this. If you have questions, let's talk about that. Instead of giving them the same things where they can like look at my bio and be like, where are you from? See for Delaware. Like, right. 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 <laughs> well, I think it goes a long way because I, I feel like, when you're on a show or you're or you're you know in a movie and stuff, you're you're expecting people to invest part of their time out of their day or out yeah. of their week to to watch you. And I think it goes mm-hmm. a long way when people like yourself or, or other celebrities or other stars of these shows show that hey, we're willing to invest a little of our time to talk to you and say thank you and and what do you like and what do you, I I just think that goes a really long way with showing your fans that you're invested in them as much as you want them to be invested in you and your project and what you're doing. So. That's literally the reason I did Fan Friday. That's epic, exact yeah. Reason. Yeah, and I, I was mean, like, they, the the vagrant, the vagrant Erpers, like, uh, there are a lot of fans of Winona Earp who they're fans of Winona Earp and Tim, and Tim's and Winona Earp. So they mm-hmm. all started watching Vagrant Queen simply for that. But then they were just super, super, super supportive, and I was like, wow, like, I mean, when trolls come around, they like will report them, beat them <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, definitely get them out of here. <laughs> you know, yeah. they're like they're doing like hashtag with Vagrant Queen, and they're doing tweet power hours to get us. Rene- 
renewed and things like that. And I was like, man, like they've invested so much time and so much love and energy in me. I want to personally say thank you. And I don't feel like just making a generalized tweet right. does it. Yeah. So I just came up with this idea where I was like, okay, I can do Instagram lives and we can request to be in each other's lives and I can talk to them or I can pop in on their Zooms. And, you know, I did it. Uh, it was supposed to be from 730 to 930 mm-hmm. Eastern Standard Time. I ended up doing it from 730 to 1130. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was popping in Zooms because I, I got on there and I was like, I'll do 10 minutes. I did 11 different sessions. <laughs> but uh, 10 minutes wasn't enough. And it's it, because it, it, also in the Zoom, there were like 14 people in there. So you got to get to, you know, you're having these conversations. Right. You get caught up laughing. We're crying. It was so much fun. Oh, absolutely. I, that sounds like a lot of fun. I, I mean, it's definitely a movement that's being that's being made that I think is a good thing. And I, I just love how enthusiastic you are about it. And let's be real. Fandom is a powerful thing. Oh, yeah. These people, if they get behind you, that is, that is a powerful movement. Like you said, they will take care of bullies. They will like get your show <laughs> renewed. They exactly. Will, you know, and you don't want to mess with fandom. So I love you that you're so you're so good with that. Exactly. It really shows like your type of character, how you take time out of your day and just spend time with your fans and like just interact with them and get very personal with them. It surely shows how awesome of a person you are. Seriously. Thank you. Of course. And we all know now the queen is a triple threat, right? You were singing and you got the acting, you've done some modeling. I mean, you got it going on, right? Killing it. I try. It's like, I wanted to be in the heart stuff, but you know, I can sing and do all this other stuff. Right. Um, That's fantastic. You should do like a singing episode of Grey's Anatomy or the right, Resident like, or something. Like, oh my God. Atlanta, right? Can we right? Talk about like, how I love Grey's? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yes, let's talk about shows. it. Let's talk okay. about it. We just, I've been watching Grey's since 2007. Epic. I am like an original Grey's fan. That's oh my so God. And great. I love it. Over the past year, I just caught up all 15 seasons and then now I'm watching the where we are now and what do you think about the Karev thing? Okay, I just got to ask, <laughs> what's up with, what do you think about Karev? <laughs> Wait, I'm not caught up on the. Ah, oh, I'm no, sorry. I'm no. sorry. Then no spoilers. I won't say anything. I won't say anything. <laughs> I just know he left the show. That's all I know. Okay. I okay. Know. Just wait. Just wait. <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> Speaking of, you've been on some serious stuff. Atlanta. I mean, American Soul Star. Yes. I mean, come on. Now, I mean, I loved Star. Um, <laughs> like seriously, I just I couldn't get enough of Empire. I, I was like horrified at the way that ended. So, um, I just congratulations on that. I mean, and Thank what's you. it like? I mean, Atlanta. That we we've had several people yeah. on the show that have been on Atlanta and they talk about the environment on that set. Yeah, what we're was that huge amazing, fans right? of Donald Glover, man. Oh yeah. First of all, um, three thousand five freaks and geeks. And so good, so good. My Hell yeah! <laughs> I become a full blown rapper. There you go. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, yeah, Donald is so real. He's so talented, so amazing, and it's just like, (laughs) it's like you catch yourself just talking to a regular person, but then you look up and you're like, no, this is Donald Glover. Right, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, oh, no. That's awesome, and it's good to hear, too. Yeah, and the energy on the set is, I mean, everybody, it's it's one of those sets where literally there's so much creative collaboration, Mm -hmm. and everybody is so great at their jobs and then they have creative freedom within their jobs and it all kind of like they put it in this big pot and they're like I, I know how to do this and I do this cool and I do this cool and they put it in this pot and out comes something that's so raw and authentic and amazing and just like how did y'all think of that right it's like because so many like different creative pieces are in there and it just works and it's like very 
it has such a good flow to it. I mean, I love all the cast and crew. I mean, Gail, Danielle, Zazie, Lakeith, everybody just killed it. And it was, like, really amazing. Yeah, it sounds amazing. Yeah, and I mean, people are just blowing up from that show, too. I mean, you got people popping up in, like, the photograph. And now you got people popping up in, like, Marvel's Eternals. Like, everybody, this show is, like, a breaking ground for, like, the next big stars. So, I mean, you're one of them. Exactly. You're one of them. <laughs> it will launch you, won't it? Exactly. And I mean, you can't help but like to, to hearing you talk about how the environment was and all this creative process because it, you can't help but once you're on that set, have some of that rub off. Yeah, start seriously. to learn. I mean, I can only imagine the wealth of knowledge that you learn on a set like that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And being a triple threat, though, I, I got to ask, is is do you find that more of a challenge because you, you have to spread yourself like I want to do this and I want to do this? Or is there a favorite out of the three that you prefer? Or how do you sp- balance your time between all that? Well, what I've learned is um, I'm, I'm very good at compartmentalizing. There you and go. And I will you know, focus on one task at hand. So recently, the reason like my new music and stuff hasn't come out is because I've really been focused on acting. Mm-hmm. And I feel like these are careers where you have to give 100%. Whatever you put in is what you'll get out. So yeah, I, definitely. I have to give 100% to acting to actually break through, you know, this level of just auditioning and not getting yeses. And then this level of trying to be seen and people actually know who I am and this level of being respected for my work. And, you know, there's different things that you have to do and give to the craft to get things back in return. So I've been focusing on that 100% at the moment. There you go. Well, I like that though, because I think sometimes it could be detrimental to the career. If you do try to do too much all at once and try to spread yourself thin, you're going to, you're going to hurt all of them instead of help one of them. So that's a smart approach. And okay, let's talk about Vagrant Queen because I mean, it's kicking ass. It's, sci-fi man i i love how sci-fi grabs these original things and puts yeah. them out there and just is willing to take risks on stuff you yeah. know um i can only imagine sometimes somebody's pitching this and they're like no it's a space opera and we're gonna do this and we're gonna right. do it. and you know i sci-fi has never been scared to take a chance yeah and i really like that and this show proves that when you take a chance and it clicks it can work and i mean i Pete, this is blowing up and you brought up a really good point though and I want to talk to you about the the responsibility of carrying the lead of this show because, like you said, sci-fi is not a genre really known for African-American lead actresses. You know, I mean, uh, what was the gap between Lieutenant Uhura, who wasn't even a lead, by the way, way back in Star Trek, to where we're at now? Yeah. You know, there was, there was a gap there where it was just not even recognized. So yeah. I, I got to imagine that responsibility that you have to carry a show because let's let's when you're number one on the call sheet, you're carrying the show. Yeah, definitely. So what, what when you found out you were going to get it and you found out what it was about and you going in for the audition and everything, what was that like and the process for that? It had to be overwhelming a little bit. Right. Well, the auditioning process, I um, was at a point where I was on a show already. I was on Light as a Feather. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I was like at this place where I was like in my not in my bag, but I was like I had the confidence to say, all right, I have enough money to live my life right now. Mm-hmm. So I don't have to like be desperate. <laughs> right. That's and always helpful. Was, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So then I was like, all right, I'm just going to make make what I think is cool. There you and that's, go. That was like the key thing. I really think that was the key thing to me booking Vagrant Queen is because I got this audition and in the first scene, she's falling out of a ceiling and she finds some space junk. And I was like, in my mind, I see it that way. Mm-hmm. I'm going to shoot it how exactly in my mind I see it. So I did myself tape exactly how I seen it in my mind, made my own little mini movie. And I like <laughs> jumped off a chair into the air, fell into the scene. So it looked like <laughs> I came from the ceiling. That's epic. <laughs> 
I was wearing like these like cool leather things that were all binded up and I had this like thing where I could hold a gun. I had a gun in there. It was like I was just doing what I thought was fun. So um, that was how I originally auditioned and um, we got the call back. And then about after five days after getting the call back, I got a call saying, hey, can I speak to Alita from my manager? And I remember I was in Rouse and I was freaking out. I had to hurry up and get out of Rouse because <laughs> I, I needed to scream and stuff. <laughs> I, I really like that, though. I, I mean, because we were talking about networks taking chances, but actors have to take chances, exactly. right? Like, no, I yeah. really like this. I'm going to do it because I like it, and I don't care if it's risky. I mean, I think sometimes that proves to be the biggest success. Exactly, and I love yeah. how you're it's just It's either going to work fun. or it's not going to work. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and I just love how you're just having fun with the whole process because that's what it's all about, like, at the end of the day, just loving what you're doing. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Well, yeah. and I'm always uh, like, who are you gonna? Who are you going to cast? Are you gonna cast the person that's just sitting in the chair with the green screen behind him, right. or the white wall behind him, or are you gonna get the person that's in costume jumping off chairs? With exactly. A gun? Like, <laughs> just like <laughs> that's enthusiasm. You know, this person is gonna show up every day on set and give it. Exactly. You know, like that's that's I'm who I'm looking for. You, okay? <laughs> I'm giving it my all. In this this selfie. girl is not sitting in the chair. She is jumping off of it. Hell it's gonna yeah. be all right. <laughs> That's good. I love that. Man. Exactly. It's so good. Exactly. You just set the bar, okay? Because we are also a production company. So for anybody who does not jump off chairs that's and right. like that's land, right. like they are not getting the role. I'm literally in the process of deleting like 85 self tapes. No chair jump. No chair. No costume. No. It's like gone. Yeah. No. Like even for Atlanta, uh, if you've seen my episode with Champagne Poppy, where I was holding the phone and I'm talking to the phone, and then I start talking to my friends later. Yeah. Right. In my I had a self tape for that. I booked that off self tape and I actually used my cell phone and then jumped. Like I used my cell phone to shoot that first part and then I cut to a, a wider shot, a medium wide that had, you know, me talking to my friends like a regular self tape. Nice. And I started it off with that picture, like an actual video of me on the phone. Well, you know what, and and talking about that with the self tape, that that that's great. I, it kind of makes me curious because I'm a little bit older. I remember when you had to go in for the cattle calls and everything. Um, do you like self tape? I, I guess because I someone's it. so confident like yourself, it just gives you. Because I feel like back in the day with the cattle calls, you go in. There's a hundred other people that look exactly, exactly like you. Like you, you walk yeah. in the room and you think these guys just want to see just this. I feel like self tapes give you so much more freedom and liberty to be creative about how you want to approach it, right? Yeah. And that's, I mean, I love it. It's definitely a risk because you don't have someone there to say, uh, can you will that in? Or, oh, actually it's more like this. You don't have someone there to give you a note. Right. So it's all like, it's all like, I have all the freedom and this is all I'm going to do. And you just gotta <laughs> hope they like it. But, uh, I, my, my agent calls me the queen of self tapes. And, uh, he's like, I don't know anyone who's booked all, all these things. I mean, the thing I booked in person was light as a feather. Everything else has been all self tape. Right. And, um, he's like, yeah, you're the queen of self tapes. That's epic. But, uh, yeah, I like the freedom that it gives you and, you know, you're doing it in the comfort of your home and you don't have to deal with parking and all the other stuff. But there is also a thing of going in the room, killing it, getting that chemistry with the casting director when you're reading, you see that they enjoyed what you made, mm -hmm. and you'd be like, yeah, 
I did that. And there's that the audition high that you have when you're leaving the call. Hell yeah. Just got an audition. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, and comparing it to like theater when you can tell right away the audience is buying what you're doing. You know, exactly. you get that high. Yeah. Like, yeah. So I, I could see that. I, I get that. But I think you're the queen of self-tape because you could just tell just in this interview your enthusiasm and your passion about what you do. Uh, that coupled with the fact that you've got the talent, uh, there's no doubt in my mind what that's why people are scooping you up. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. And thank you for being so entertaining. I mean, we love the show. And, and this interview is fantastic. I just, we really love people who just kick back, are themselves, and have a good time. That's our, that's our favorite. I try. You know, I don't know how else to be. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Anything else is exhausting. I agree. I agree. Well, yeah, I was just about to talk about that. I mean, the ego thing versus being like confident in yourself Mm -hmm. like a lot of actors get like this huge head when they get this big role and then after the role like they get so down on themselves but just being self-confident like yourself will get you so much further in this industry than just that one and done because you don't believe in yourself after that peak of success but that yeah like i said that self-confidence that you have is just amazing and like we do this podcast for like up-and-comers trying to break into the industry and this is definitely going to help them a lot trying to figure out their mental health and what to think and what not to think so we really appreciate you man oh thank you yeah i mean the industry's hard and just to speak to that on the mental health of it all i mean it's important to make sure that you find a balance yeah it's important that you have um you have some stake outside of acting mm-hmm. i know that you want to give it you know 100 percent, and as you should but you also have to make sure you take care of yourself because you are your instrument yes so you need to make sure that you're in a mental space to be able to take on these um, like these stories these arcs these traumatic events that happen and some of the things that we're portraying and you have a, a place a reservoir to hold them in and um it not then you can let it go and release it and it not affect your actual life so mental health is so important and making sure you take care of yourself and love yourself enough um to have the confidence and continue to do what you love mm. super important definitely wow well said well said um, so you mentioned your music. You said, let's talk about that a little bit. Do you have something coming in the works that we're going to be able to hear pretty soon? Or what about all I would, that? I would love to say yes, but you know, I used to, <laughs> and then I re-listened to it and the, and the perfectionist in me was like, redo it all. So, <laughs> it's like that. So I'm going to redo that album. And it's, I think it's going to be, uh, it's going to be really great when I redo it because I've grown and my voice has grown. My vocal ability has grown. So I'm excited for that. Fantastic. Well, even more reason to have you back on the show when that comes out. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and even more so like what Logan was just talking about with our fans. I love that attitude. It's like, well, I thought I did, but no, I went back and listened to it. No, I'm going to redo it all. Like (laughs) to be smart enough to know this isn't where I need it to be, where I want it to be. You know, there's not a lot of people, you know, some people just throw that stuff out there thinking it's good enough and good (laughs) enough is not good enough. Right. Right. No, we don't want mediocrity. Exactly. Exactly. That's why we're not, we're not doing it for that, right? So you got to be jumping off chairs. You got to be like <laughs> falling into the scene, like you right. need you all that. In this chair. Uh, oh I God. swear, I cannot get past it. I love it. I love I, it I, so I swear, much. We, get, we are going to slide into your Instagram video, and we are going to be jumping off chairs. It's going to be fantastic. <laughs> you know. 
<laughs> might even get up on our desk and like fly off. I don't oh know. My God. I would love it. I would love it. <laughs> so good. So good. Both so, them. Yes. <laughs> yes. So what? Okay. Let's let's uh, what we like to do at the end because, uh, like Logan said, we do have a lot of listeners who who are trying to get into the industry and and they really mm-hmm. look for the advice and stuff. What advice would you give to people trying to follow that path and get into the industry? And what pitfalls would you? kind of like say, Hey, watch out for this. This might be something you got to look out for. Um, I would give them the advice of train, 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 train. Mm -hmm. And then, um, I know everyone wants to automatically like find an agent and all that other stuff, but I promise you, if you find a safe, amazing place to train and a coach that believed in you, those coaches are connected to people that will get you with an agent when you're ready. So I don't think the first thing people should do is say, I'm an actor, so I need an agent. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it should be, I want to be an actor. So I need to train. I need to understand the craft. I need to, you know, cre- create who I am and understand me as an artist and what I can bring and what I, what my strengths and weaknesses are and what I can work on all those things. And, um, and then the other stuff I promise will come, it will come with it. I, I just, I, it's the weirdest thing, but it works. I don't know. You'll be in acting class. You'll have an acting coach and then your acting coach will be like, do you have an agent? And you'll be like, no. And then they like, we have these people coming in for this ensemble thing that we're doing and you should you should put something up and then all of a sudden look at you you have an agent and then you're going on audition and then you book your first co-star it's it's the weirdest but like fluidic thing that happens and um the pitfalls would be watch out for these people that be selling you these dreams Uh. that like anyone who has to work really hard to sell you a dream it it's that ain't right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Too good to be true. <laughs> because honestly, you'll get the anyone who like the genuine people who actually are going to do something for you. Um, they'll do it because they believe in you and it won't be something like you have to give all this. You have to do all this extra stuff. It would literally just be like, yo, I believe in you. I think we can make a lot of money together and I think you're talented. And that'd be what's happening. But watch out for the people who are just, you know, shifty and shady and they're doing things out of their own ego and it's not really going to be a good move for you. Great advice. Watch your definitely. interactions. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. But, uh, and also something else, cause you know, we talked about, it's all about social media. So where can people mm-hmm. follow you now? Oh, everything's under my name. Very easy. Adrian, A-D-R-I-Y-A-N-R-A-E. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. That's good. That makes things way easier <laughs> There's no way us. they listened yeah. to this interview and heard about the, the Instagram and, st- and don't want to follow her exactly. now. They're, they're like, no, we got to get up on that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but thank you so much for taking some time out of your day and talking with us because this was just an absolute blast, to be honest with you. Oh, man. Thank you for interviewing me. This is a blast for me, too. Of course. Well, good. We like to have people have fun inside the farm. Otherwise, what's the point, right? Right. And we got to make sure to tell everybody, Vagrant Queen, Sci-Fi's Thursday nights. Make sure y'all are watching because it's it switch nights and we want to make sure everybody knows Thursday nights. Um, yes. It, yes. And it just congratulations. Uh, continued success. And anytime you want to come back on, open invite. Uh, even if you just want to oh. come and j- like jump off chairs with us. Well, you know, yeah, you we're know, totally yeah. down. <laughs> Yeah, let's do it. Hell I've yeah. been working on my kicks and martial arts practice. <laughs> Fantastic. So I think my jump is even better. Now. There you go. I'll tell you what. The medical community lost a good one with you, but boy, did the entertainment industry find a gem, right? Seriously. <laughs> 
Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for this. It's you bet. Amazing. You have a great rest of the week, okay? You too. Stay safe. All right, yeah, you, you too. too. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, so good. So good. It's always so fun to talk to the up-and-comers that, I mean, not a lot of people tune into the sci-fi channel. It's a select genre, but when you get, like, the gems, and she's going to go far oh, yeah. in this industry. Because she's appreciative. Exactly. You know, she, you can just tell in that in, in her voice that she's appreciative of everything she's been able to accomplish so far, and then the passion that she has exactly. to keep go, and she's a perfectionist. Exactly. Which is always a good she thing. She cares right? <laughs> about her characters and her fans, which yeah. is just amazing. I And I gotta tell you, dude, I loved the self-tape stories. Yes. Because so like, like you mentioned in the interview, you know, we have a production company, and we get a lot of auditions sent to us and everything, and we do sometimes just, it's the same white wall yeah. over and over, and so to hear somebody static, getting like, in costume and pulling a gun and jumping off and chairs. Like editing the actual video together, right? like, so good. That so extra good. effort, man, sometimes that's that's how you get them lead roles right exactly exactly man so good so good thank you again adrian ray for coming on the show all right guys now it is time for our top five segment and of course this past week it was may the 4th yes international star wars day so many new star wars things on disney plus you know like we talked about it only made sense that it would be a star wars category of course of Of course course. look at at funkos i mean hello exactly i mean these are all my funkos of star wars (laughs) right now there's 11 of them i believe so it's beautiful beautiful man uh literally like four of my five top five are up here right now that's awesome so you can guess you can guess uh, uh yeah yeah <laughs> and now it, it's top five star wars characters yes oh my goodness this, it was hard man especially with this universe keep that keeps expanding. I, but I like this, though, because there were some new characters that came out over the past couple of years or so that, that I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, gave so us good. a little something to play with. Yes. Um, my number five is Mace Windu. I mean, who doesn't love fucking Samuel Jackson? I mean, come on. I know. It's just such a badass. I loved him in the prequels. I hope they eventually do, like, his standalone movie or bring him back into the movies because he definitely deserves it. I mean, they're I talking about that Obi-Wan series, so it makes sense that we might see old Mace, right? That would be epic. Can man. I just go on record and say, too, that Mace Windu, the most epic badass lightsaber. Agreed. Purple. Yeah, it's so good. It beats all the rest of them. That so purple good. fucking, uh, like, fuck the red, fuck the green, fuck all that. Purple. Exactly. Samuel L. Jackson knows how to fucking do it. Oh, yeah, for I sure. bet that was his idea. He's got style. Yeah, he's like, I want a fucking purple lightsaber. Hey. You know he did. All right. Like, okay. <laughs> so funny. So funny. <laughs> My number five is the master himself, Yoda. Yep. How can you not like Yoda? I feel you. Sure, we've got the child. We've got baby Yoda. We don't know if it's baby Yoda, if it's related to Yoda. We don't know. Cute, adorable. Everybody loves him. But there is no child. No. There is no any without the master himself, Yoda. Agreed. I mean, I just – I thought Frank Oz was absolutely brilliant. I mean, just the way the puppetry, the, the just the whole thing with Yoda. And then in the prequels when he's flipping around no, doing all the so kind of like – And you get to see the stuff. I just love Yoda, man. I, I love Yoda. I agree. Uh, my number four is – Bringing it to the newest edition of Star Wars, uh, Finn. Yes. I love fucking Finn because he is a stormtrooper who can think for himself. Yes. Like completely just like, this isn't me. This isn't me. I don't care if I'm a fucking clone. I can think for myself. So I think that was a completely new 
like way to approach a character in the Star Wars franchise. So I love that. It was, and he's yeah, he's kind of this generation's Han Solo. Yeah, agreed. yeah. I mean, which uh, good pick, man. Yeah, good pick. I too am keeping with the new generation and one of the newer characters, which focuses on the old backstory of Boba Fett. But Mando, man, For the sure. Mandalorian. For I just sure. think Pedro Pascal is killing it. I love the Favreau series. I love everything about this. That this idea of a guy who can never take off his mask yeah you know he can't ever show his face and he just lives this life of obscurity uh, it just it's a it's a, a fascinating story to me and i yeah. just really like this thing Hit, yeah mando i agree mando <laughs> mando <laughs> Uh, my number three is R2-D2. Yes. In any of the incarnations that they put him in. Uh, help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. Ben Kenobi would have never got that message without R2-D2. No. I'm just saying. I mean, and plus, he's like one of the first like non-human things, non-human characters to come on screen and completely steal any scene that oh, he's in. Oh, he totally stole every scene. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah well, he, he's fantastic, man. Exactly. Just his little beeps, you know he's talking shit. Exactly. <laughs> he's like, bitter, 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 you little bitch. Exactly. <laughs> like, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, my number three is a combo because I feel like you can't have one without the other. Yeah. Han Solo and Chewie. Yeah. I mean, that. that come sure. on, man. They're, they're like regular original space gangsters, you know? For sure. I mean, it's just... I love the whole renegade style. I love the whole I, I'm gruff, I'm mean, I'm a badass, but I'm a good guy. Yeah. I got a soft heart. Exactly. I, I, I travel around with this Wookiee. I mean, I mean come know. on, man. That relationship, that's the ultimate bromance, yeah. right? Like, I feel like any bromance after that is all stemmed from the two of them. Yeah. So, and, you know, Harrison stopped flying. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love Han Solo. Harrison stopped flying. It's, uh, it's uh, like, it's time to park the Millennium Falcon, my friend oh my it's time God. to it's uh, okay that's so funny <laughs> that's so funny if, if chewy were here he'd say like, yeah. just like no oh my god <laughs> uh, my number two was anakin skywalker slash darth vader yes. i know it's like one of the same two different same characters whatever but i mean anakin skywalker it was the chosen one. He was supposed to be That's the right. one who brings balance back to the force. I mean, of course, until Emperor Palpatine fucked that all up. Um, but I love <laughs> Did he character. now? He did. did he? he fucked it all up. <laughs> but, I mean, it's always because of a girl. It's because he it's wanted to save always, Padme. Oh, everything is about a girl. I know. It's uh, In the history of all mankind, always. it's always about a girl. I know. Like, I know. But I love – Anakin was so misunderstood but so powerful at the same time. It's true. I, I love – Especially now watching the Clone Wars, seeing more progression of his character, especially as a Jedi Master. So that's pretty epic. And then Darth Vader, of course, because they're at the end of Return of the Jedi, which is my favorite Star Wars movie, by the way. Yes. Um, he showed that he was still in there. Even though he was manipulated by the dark side, he was still in there. Anakin was still in there. So, yes. Anakin Skywalker slash Darth Vader. So it makes total sense. Yeah. My number two... We've addressed R2-D2. Yes. I agree with everything you said. Stole every scene. He always got everybody out of trouble. It's He's true. the guy that he didn't... saved everybody. Yeah, if they were shooting at him or whatever, he'd be like... And he'd still kind of do his thing. You know, he was, he was great. But you know why R2-D2 is on my list? 
because he had to put up with whiny bitch Luke and whiny bitch C-3PO his whole existence. Both of them. He was trapped between two whiny bitches the entire saga. And R2-D2's <laughs> like, fuck it. Just fuck it. You're whining like a little bitch. You're whining like a little I'm just going to fix some shit and yeah. we're going to get out of this. That like good, good R2-D2, man. R2-D2. I know. He pulls it all together. He does. He really does. He's like, whiny, whiny, whiny. Just do it. Just do it. Yeah, like, know. You know, so good epic. for R2-D2. So epic. <laughs> but not my number one pick is, like, you had it on yours, Yoda. Yeah. By far the best Grandmaster Jedi, in my opinion. He's just mm. such a fucking badass. Like, so many, like, ways to manipulate the Force and use the Force to his advantage. I just, he's by far... The best Jedi ever, in my opinion. So, Yoda, number one, fucking badass. I, I totally agree. He's a badass. I mean, without doubt. And my number one, Ray. Yeah. And I'll tell you why. And this is nothing against Carrie Fisher. I absolutely adored Carrie Fisher. I loved Princess Leia. Um, but I got to be honest. I think that Ray was everything that I felt like Leia and Padme should have been. She's like the epitome of. Like, like if you were to strong combine woman, them, like, strong woman, Jedi, has her faults but gets through her shit. And like, like, I just feel like if you were to merge Padme and Leia, that's Rey. Yeah. And she was just badass. Yeah. I mean, it, it's hard to, you know, and, and I thought Daisy Ridley was just brilliant. Yeah, I mean, she attacked it brilliantly. And I loved how uh, in Rise of Skywalker, you saw Leia doing Jedi training so that she actually became a Jedi. Right. She is also a badass. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, I just, I, I really like the storyline of Rey. And I hope even though the Skywalker saga is over, we see her at yeah. least at some point yeah. in some future iteration. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, rumor has it that uh, uh, with the new character that What's-Her-Face is playing um, in The Mandalorian. Rosario Dawson? Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, apparently, Anakin might come back, and What's-His-Face that played Anakin might yeah, come back. Yeah, Hayden Christensen. Yeah. So that'd be really exciting, right? That would be right? really freaking I mean, cool. I wonder so... how they would approach that since he'd kind of be Darth Vader now uh, because that's where we were at in the timeline. But if they did a whole completely different version... Who knows? Who knows? But yeah. just so many possible stories in the Star Wars universe. I mean, even before Marvel, there was Star Wars. That's right. That's uh, right. So. And George Lucas did it his way. Yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> go Sinatra. But George, you start a nine-picture saga with number four. Yeah, right. Who does that? Who does that? <laughs> He's like, I've got this idea for nine movies. We're going to start in the middle with number four. Exactly. What? But, I mean, God bless Lucas. It worked, yeah. right? It's like, yeah, fuck it. Yeah. That's how we're doing it. And, I mean, one um, one character that I will say that probably was the spawn for Mando and no Jedi shit involved was the Rogue One character. Yeah. Because that, showed, that movie showed that this franchise could still be successful without any sort of lightsabers, any Jedis, anything like that. So that was honestly one of my favorite movies as well right uh, yeah i agree and i the rumor is they're continuing that as well so i hope so yeah i hope so. i mean taika watiti is gonna direct the star wars film so i mean i'm really excited about that me too i'm really excited i can just pronounce his name right do you do you think favreau's gonna like executive produce all the future star wars movies i, hope so. I, I, I just feel like that's gonna happen well like you said before i mean feige marvel Favro Star Wars. I think so. Badass. I mean, if it's true that Kathleen Kennedy is eventually stepping away, which it, it seems like every other week we hear that rumor, Favreau would be the obvious choice I to agree. take over. You know? Yeah. 
keep the executive producer tag on the Marvel side, but run Lucasfilm. Oh, yeah. And I think that would be brilliant. I agree. I agree. Great top five segment. Great top five segment. And what is your top five Star Wars characters out there? We mm. want to know. Comment below on either our podcast uh descriptions or a comment on our youtube channel or add us on twitter because we want to know we like hearing different uh, opinions true. and perspectives like there's so many good characters so many good characters that we i mean there's only five we can only name so many so tell us tell us and may the force be with you that's right you could have named all of your funkos i could i mean seriously i know the armor Emily Swallow. The armor, yeah. So Could have totally put her on the list. She was a badass. She was. Oh, my goodness. So many good people. <laughs> uh, but now it is time for the IMDb Pro Top Trending Segment. Oh, yes. man. We love this app. I already forgot how to pronounce the star's <laughs> name, but it's fine. It's fine. You're here to help. It's all good. All right. It's okay. all good. But, yeah, guys, I mean, if you're an up-and-comer in this industry, especially especially an actor this is your one-stop shop for information how to break into the entertainment industry you got endless amount of contacts you have endless amount of resources on what's going down in hollywood with the trades and if you're a director writer anything like that you can also do casting calls you can also post yeah. casting announcements if you're an actor you can apply for casting roles and just so much good stuff it's so good yeah all the box office uh, results are there now yeah. like every it's like the jedi of entertainment it news. is it really is it is uh but uh the top trending movie this week by no surprise extraction chris hemsworth russo brothers sequel coming soon yes yeah. super excited about that I, I definitely have to watch it i know i can't believe we haven't watched it I yet know. but but we will yes we will we will uh, the top trending TV show is The Last Kingdom. I This is kind of like a Vikings medieval yes. time era thing. So, I mean, medieval is really big right now. So yes. it makes no, no surprise there. So congratulations to the, the movie and the TV show. Now the star, who the fuck is it? Yes, <laughs> the top trending star is Golshifata Farahani. You kinda, yes. You kind of forgot to, didn't Golshifata. you? Is that no, yeah? Gol Shifata. Gol Shifata Fahini. Yes. There yes. we go. That's we should get something for just saying the name. Like, <laughs> no, like, like I mean, God bless her, man. That's a tough name. It is. A tough That's not name. one I would have wanted growing up. I know. Like I, I yeah. And I'm, but watching Hollywood, it shows how like the progression and the evolution of the entertainment industry has changed because you feel like with a name like that. An agent would tell you you're changing that shit. Yeah. Oh, without doubt, without doubt. So, I mean, so <laughs> kudos to her for keeping that. <laughs> right. Like, like good shit, good Ooh. shit. But yes, that is the IMDb Pro top trending segment. Hope everybody enjoyed it. Get the app. It's definitely freaking worth it but anyway guys that is our show this week thank you so much for getting a little crazy on inside the crazy ant farm it's true we have to thank our guests one more time adrian ray for coming on the podcast and getting a little crazy with us and jumping off shit yes we appreciate it so but, fun so fun <laughs> the uh, entire time for the interview didn't you want to just put on like crisscross and like jump jump, jump. like yeah. and, uh, you know you know uh, uh, what uh, i'm old school it's okay? fine it's fine it's crisscross old school i don't even know yes. it's like old for me yeah. i mean you know yeah, right. yeah. It, it is 
It is. Uh, the, make, be sure to follow her on all social media platforms. Yes. She's on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, I believe, and anywhere else you can find her. Be sure to follow us on social media. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, just before we introduce, I want to say definitely follow her on Instagram because she does these really cool Fan Friday yes. stuff. You know, yes. you heard about it in the interview. You just slide in. She does these things. So you definitely want to follow her there. That's yeah, awesome. exactly. You might get to talk to her. Seriously. I mean, I, that'd be awesome. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And uh, like I said, be sure to follow us on social media. At Crazy Ant Media, we are anywhere, everywhere, everywhere on all social media platforms. It's great, man. It's great. Posting, it is tweeting, all that good shit. Yeah, and follow us both personally, myself at JLo Fantastic and Crazy Ant Guy nineteen seventy. Yes, and of course you can listen to this podcast anywhere you listen to your podcast: Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio. You can watch us on YouTube, listen to us on Stitcher, Podbean. So many, so many guys. It's yes. so good. It's, it's so good. literally everywhere you can possibly listen to a podcast. We are there. Exactly. I mean, that's it's an amazing thing. Technology. It's an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing. I, I listen on Alexa. Yeah, exactly. I mean, seriously, like, yeah, I go back, listen to the shows. It's like, Alexa, play my podcast, and boom. I mean, there, there it is. No, so good. <laughs> so good. Be sure to visit our website as well, crazyantmedia.com, to uh, get the latest and greatest Crazy Ant Media gear. You can watch our weekly update that we yes. posted on Wednesday, guys. So if you want to stay up to date with our film and television production company, we listen to or watch that episode on YouTube and on our website. We've got a lot going on. Bonk's Bar is doing great. Uh, the Ravens Vision is doing great. Teaser trailer coming soon. Got the first draft finish. And Getting Viral is going fantastic. So yes. Killing it, man. We are killing it. I mean, uh, like, just nonstop, man. Yeah. And we're having a blast doing it. Definitely. Definitely. But I, I gotta say, I gotta say, um, talking about all the Disney stuff was probably my favorite. And, I mean, Tom, Tom Cruise in space. Because, I mean, it sounds ridiculous, but I really want to see just how they approach it and what's the finished project going to look Yeah, I like. mean, just, I'm waiting for any details to come out about what that film will be. Oh, yeah. Like, I just... <laughs> Tom Cruise in space. I know. I, know. I, I just definitely and yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, I, anytime we talk Marvel, I, I love it. Yeah. You know, and there's clearly a lot of stuff coming as far as series come. Yeah. I mean, you know, unfortunately, we've had to push back all the movies for a little bit, but they've got some stuff coming. Yeah. So you know, I'm excited about that, and of course, jumping off chairs. Yeah, of I, I really, I just want to go back and say, Adrian is just like that was great. That was great. It How was. can you not love that part of the show? I know. Jump, jump. Jump, jump. It was a great interview. Great interview. But you know who could probably go to space anytime she wanted? Probably has a house in space. <laughs> he jumped off her couch. Exactly. <laughs> Oprah! <laughs> he jumped off her couch.